This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that definitely thinks that Anthony Taylor is a Gareth. Uh, more on that later. First home game of the season, absolutely nothing like it. It was genuinely great to be back. Uh, and uh, even better, all of our trepidation about facing a rejuvenated Spurs was unfounded as Chelsea ripped into them and pretty much dominated the match from start to finish. Uh, how the hell did it end 2-2 then? Well, Chelsea's usual profligacy in front of goal certainly didn't help, but the main culprit, yet again, was Withenshaw's very own Anthony Taylor. When it comes to Chelsea, Taylor has a rap sheet longer than the FBI's most wanted. On Sunday, he added, it, added to it missing a foul on Havertz and Richarlison offside for Spurs' first goal and a blatant hair-pulling on Cucurella, by Romero, which should have resulted in a free kick to Chelsea and a red card. But instead, we had a corner from which Spurs scored their last-minute equaliser. We've said it time and time and time again. If not corrupt, then surely it's gross incompetence. Predictably, the media and former referees have circled the wagons defending it all. No wonder Tuchel was fuming. But instead of ramifications for Taylor, who will no doubt be the top of the list to referee Chelsea all season, Tuchel will be under investigation for his justified criticism of Taylor. Equally farcical was the handshakes and handbags between Tuchel and Conte throughout the match, resulting in them both receiving red cards at the end. I'm with Tuchel on this, unsurprisingly, and there was really nothing in it. Frankly, he should have ripped Wiggy's syrup off. Now that would have been something to talk about. Summing it all up, in spite of the disappointing result, this was an excellent performance by Tuchel and Chelsea. Um, and a massive improvement from last week. Uh, the new signings continue to impress, and with the promise of a few more, uh, Chelsea will be contenders on all fronts again this season. Spurs? Well, they'll just be Spurs, won't they? And the title of tonight's show, I have to be very careful about this. I warn you now, Taylor, Taylor, you're a con <laughs> 
Surely, surely, Taylor, Taylor, you're a Conte. Yes, something like that. <laughs> Very close, but no cigar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's Chelsea Fancast number 920. Goodness gracious me, we're approaching the... 1K mark rapidly. Uh, now, as you've already heard, uh, I am Stanford Chidge, of course, uh, not Stanford Bridge, as I said last week. Clearly, I just <laughs> not have my teeth or my brain in. Um, but it did, it did amuse a few people, I know, I saw on Twitter. Uh, but I do have the in- inimitable Mr. The Right Honourable Lord of the Privy Seal, uh, oh, Jonathan Kide. Jonathan Kide. Oh, please. I'm, oh, I'm going to have to come around and rip your head off. Yes. Um, rip my wig off, the- even. Yes, rip, rip your wig off. Yeah, I was thinking if he did rip his wig off, I think it, it would be assault, wouldn't it? So he probably can't do that. You know, be assault in front of forty-two thousand people. Um, uh, um, inimitable. Thank you so much. But I think I'm easily I- imitable. Not so. judging from what I saw on Twitter earlier on. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you know what I mean, I won't mention the lad involved because it would be very unkind. But yeah. Very lovely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, yes, yeah, it was. It was. Uh, you summed it up beautifully there, Judge. It was. It was actually. Yeah, it, it took took me an hour to write that, whereas you do your fan bites off the cuff, mate. So you know. The the um, I make notes. I make notes. Um, the um, uh, the game was wonderful, wasn't it? Wonderful. Mm. It was a wonderful, it was. wonderful experience. It you was know, wonderful because he did exactly what he said he'd do in the presser, which was that he dominated and he didn't did, let them did. play. We, um, you know, let's not get on to. I'm sorry. I just no, no, to, no. We haven't introduced at the top. You know, our, I know our know, very special guest. I'm going to do it now. I'm going to do it now. Yeah, I just wanted a couple of words for I got before we did it because because he'll take over. Ah, his, no, he will not. Take, but he might. He actually, will. He, he will from he previous might. previous experience. <laughs> I've got to, I've This got is to, why he was banned by Jonathan, not me, not me. <laughs> <laughs> never, never does. You were never banned. Ever. I know. Ever. I know, Jonathan. You're excellent. He says, of course, everybody. He won't have. He, won't, he hasn't been on the show for years, and uh, and he should have been because he's excellent yeah. and uh, very good fun and a very sweet bloke. It is, of course, uh, and very and very um very good very good at uh, uh, talking about Chelsea. So uh, where have you been, you bastard? Um, it is, of course, Dara Mantle. Woohoo! Thanks, Jonathan. Um, yeah, Chidi actually told me last season to email him or text him or WhatsApp him about when I wanted to be back on the show, and I always said I would, and I never got around to it. Um. I can't actually think last time I've been on here. Um, I never intended not to be. It just sort of happened. I just didn't have as much time and everything else. Um, but I do keep telling you, I'd like to be back on here sometimes. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. Uh, worked out well. Unfortunately, watching the game with Chidge ended 2 all. When I watched it with you, Jonathan, when you were good enough to um, invite me along, we won 3-0. So I've got happier memories with you, Jonathan. Mm. <laughs> well, that wouldn't be hard, Dazza. But you make a very good point. I'm trying to think of the last time you were on the show. I mean, when did you start doing your MBA? Uh, 2014, actually. Yeah, yeah, I think you started bailing out a bit then because you got yeah, very busy. Right. Yeah, and then you moved. Mm-hmm. You got married, had had babies, yeah. mate. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you've been a busy boy. You know, you've yeah. been busy becoming an adult. And that's the thing. I thought I knew it was pre-daughter that I stopped doing it. But I couldn't think when or why. And I think you're right. It was the NBA. I was, I was tracking around my brain earlier, but yeah, good memory. I think that might have been. And also, very possibly coincided with us. Uh, you know having to knock the, the TV thing on the head because, you know, that was... a Yeah. Na- yeah, yeah. That was true as well, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it was about that time. 2015, yeah. I reckon. Yeah, yeah I think you might be right. Go. but Well, it's been far too bloody long and it's really lovely to see Absolutely. your little face. But, I mean, of Great course, the back. hilarious serendipity of all of this is that people people will know who listen to the show regularly is that Darren occasionally will, will, will cast his eyes from the middle of the Matthew Harding upper where he sits to see 
if I'm sitting there moaning to myself and will come quite often pop along and say hello at half time and if there's a spare seat which actually there often is near me he'll come and sit down with me and he did exactly that this this week so I did spend the entire second half watching the game with Dazzler and I said well what are you doing on Monday night mate do you want do you fancy doing the show because I had a premonition JK I had a premonition because I had booked in Tony Glover for tonight but I forgot that Tony would probably still be lost in France and when I looked over to where Tony normally sits I knew that he wasn't there so I thought, aha, all. I thought, yeah. Dazza, do you want to come on the show? And he said, yeah, and here he is. So how, how absolutely brilliant to have you back. It's like, a, it's like a, a reunion of sorts. I'm so excited for tonight. Let's not talk about football at all. Let's just talk about Dazza. No, no, we better not. We better not. Uh, but just don't call me a guest again, because I should never be called a guest. That no, an original. You're an OG, mate. You're an OG. <laughs> Dazza OG Mental is in the house. All right. But I, I should... I should um... I should cede, shouldn't I? I should yield. Oh, never, <laughs> never in the field of human conflict has Jonathan you know, Kidd yielded. He's, he's, he, pre, he, he predates me, so I should be. Yeah. You know, I should bow down yeah. and say, "My liege, yeah, my liege. quite right, mate. You, you, you wait till I, I get Stuart. You wait till I get Stuart Norman back on for a show. Oh, there we go. No, he will. He will. He's up for it. I haven't, I haven't seen him. Anyway, enough, enough, enough. On the show tonight, in part one, we discuss whether Taylor is corrupt or incompetent for the 898th time. Uh, we also look at Tuchel and Conte's handshakes and handbags, as well as Koulibaly marking his home debut with a cracking goal and proclaim yet again that there is nothing like Rhys James, nothing, nothing in the world. And uh, in part two, we discuss our domination of Spurs and the massive improvement in performances all round, our inability to finish notwithstanding. Uh, we also talk about interesting subs, Kante's injury and the great atmosphere, for it was so. In part three, we have some We've got loads, actually. There's nothing like Spurs at home to bring the emails out. We've got some crackamores to read out. So I'm looking forward to that. Now, as ever, do not forget you can listen to the show live. Live! Every Monday at 7pm by going to Mixler, which, of course, is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast, where you can join in the chat uh, and by posting on the live chat page, of course, as so many do. If she don't come in the house, Bowley's Barbarians, Eleven Aspilicueta from Seattle, no less, JK. Uh, the lovely Bob Uzre, who, who he knows this, but he is without doubt one of my favourite people in the universe. Uh, Gregory Gardner, Dennis Fredor. Dennis is in the house. Brilliant. Brian Justman, Andy the Hutch. Joe Mingola, Daryl Middleditch, who we love, Planet Earth is Blue, the lovely Diana is in the house, and uh, some bloke called Mark Meehan, JK. He's also sure. a mixler, yeah. How did he sneak in? And, sure. and and Charles Rose, we are joined by, by royalty tonight. So we better... Oh, yes. I bow and scrape. We better... And Nathan is in there too, Chelsea Grave Society. We better, we better behave ourselves tonight. Not a chance in hell. Uh, right, we'll be back in a very, 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 very quick moment and we'll be talking about the Spurs match, of course.
welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast, of course. It's now time to talk about the football. And uh, before, in fact, before we do that, because I, w- I was clearly so excited. Jonathan will understand this. He, he's been with me when I've been like an excited five-year-old. He knows exactly what that's all about. Quite often, he'll also add that this is often fueled by too much alcohol. He would probably not be wrong. Uh, but I was. I was as excited as a five-year-old yesterday because I really do love the first home game of the season like very few games. Uh, and I, I had an absolutely brilliant day and I met up with loads of people and I'm going to give them all a shout-out because I'm feeling that generous. Uh, I had a lovely lunch with Cliff and Tim. Cliff Orgo, who's the chair of the Sales Supporters Trust. Tim Rolls, who everybody knows. Went to the store, saw DJ, gave him a big hug and a kiss. He's well. The absolutely lovely, wonderful human being that is Mark Worrell. I saw Brian. Brian from Exposed Designs and his son. Chuckles was there. I haven't seen Chuckles for a while. Uh, I also saw Pablo, who uh, used to be of this parish, of course. Uh, I said happy birthday to the wonderful Loza, talking of the beautiful game, uh, as he was on a marathon drinking session in the cock to celebrate his birthday today. Uh, I'm sure you'll listen to this show at some stage, Loza, when you've sobered up. But, of course, it is today his birthday. So happy birthday to Loza from the beautiful game, who, of course, are the uh, kind of introduction music. I don't know what the sound bed in the, the in our opening title music kind of thingy, which uh, is by by the beautiful game. So there we go. Happy birthday, Loza. I saw lovely Ken and his son Callum. Uh, and then uh, I saw Alex, lovely Alex Churchill, who, of course, was with Jonathan yesterday and her mate Beth. I saw Dan Silver. I saw Pete, the Oxford drinking machine. Martin Wickham, who was on the show on Friday. Uh, and there we go. But basically, I didn't stay in the cock very long because it was rammed. It was so rammed, I had no chance of getting a drink. So I thought, no problem. I'll use their wonderful app, which you get people to deliver beer to your table. This is wonderful. The app didn't work. When I did make it work, they weren't sending beer out to the table, which really upset me. So, And it was hot. It was rammed. It was hot. And I just basically said to everybody who I love in the cock, I said, I, this is, I actually, I should have said this, but I didn't. But I should have said, I'm sorry. It's just not working for me. Because frankly, it was not. So I went off in a huff to go in search of beer where I could get it immediately. And I went down to the Duke and the Green, and I'm really, really glad I did, because I went looking for Smithy, who you may know, he's been on the show before, mate, great mate of Darren and mine, and uh, of Psycho Phil from Days Gone By, because he drinks down there. Um, I couldn't find him, so I'm sitting there on my own, looking like a very grumpy spare prick at a first home match of the season. And who should come up to me and say, Hello, Chidge, but a bloke called Dean. He said, You won't know me, but you will know me, because I'm the bloke who was very leery when Jonathan went to see Crystal Palace away with his daughter. And you mentioned me on the show. And I said, yes, I know who you are, Dean. That's brilliant. He said, would you like a drink? Because by now I'd finished. He said, yeah, I just love one. So I spent the rest of the time having a lovely chat with Dean and his mates, talking about uh, Conor Gallagher and Jorginho, amongst other things. He was love, really, what a lovely, lovely bloke. Dean. Sweet guy. Yeah. Sweet guy. It wasn't he? Because was if you remember the story, he, he was shouting and being a bit a bit over the top. That's and, right. Uh, and uh, in um, and it was in George's ear, and she turned round, and he went, "Oh, I'm so sorry, I do apologise." And I said, "No, mate, mate, you're allowed. This was Chelsea. That's a game, you know. Just do what you like." He said, "Yeah, but you know, we already." I said, "My daughter." He said, "Oh, I'm so sorry." But he was, uh, it was funny about it as well. He was a sweet man, very yeah, sweet. And he's lovely, Blake. He bought me a drink, Dean. Next time, uh, beers on me, all right, mate? Because I, I definitely owe you one, probably more than that. But uh, I may well be going to the Duke of the Green a lot more in future. Uh, funnily enough, uh, I did bump into Smithy in the end because I sent him a text. He came out and said hello in the ground. I saw John, the lovely John, who sits in the same row as me. I waved to Alan, and on the way out, I bumped into no lesser man than uh, True Blue Terry, the lovely Tell. 
And Harry Povey came up and said hello as I was walking down Fulham Road on the way out. And I bumped into Ian Titchener and his lovely daughter, the wonderful, fabulous Amber T, who's a great musician, songer, singer and songwriter. And of course, her sister Daisy. So what a fantastic day. Uh, apparently, there was some football as well. I suppose I should talk about it, really. JK, uh, team selection. Very interesting, I thought. Very interesting. Not, I mean, it wasn't a million miles away from what we picked. Um, but... We got it. I got it very. I mean, he had James at right at right centre back, which I understand, but he had Loftus Cheek at right wing back, which I didn't expect. But I have to say, um, I thought Loftus Cheek did very well actually, apart from that one minute he let uh, let Cessignon clean through. But other than that, I thought he was really good. Maybe there's some mileage in this. What do you think? It's a question whether he ends up playing in that position again. I mean, I, he he clearly set that up to stop Son playing. Because he put um, worked, uh, which worked wonderfully. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, had no input in the game at all, Son. And he he also, but he did exactly what he said at the presser, which he was going to dominate and stop the counter attack from working. And it was interesting to see that that is that's their best ploy is they counter attack really quickly. And uh, and as we'll discover as we chat here, they also have a couple of players who kick people a lot. No, but, really. Um, uh, yeah, what a surprise. Yeah, and. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, Cheek playing, I was initially trying to work out what he was doing. I thought, what's he doing in that position? But then you saw he was kind of, he was the floating um, uh, wing back and, and Reese James had come inside and occasionally they'd swap. But I have to say, I thought Cheek played excellently. Yeah. And it was, it was possibly the best I've seen him play since a couple of games where he played in the, uh, the Hokey Cokey League in the, um, um, in the Europa League. He scored the hat trick. You yeah, know, you yeah. know what we need to do. Uh, we, we need to sign another midfielder called Jowl. Cheek and Jowl, yeah, clever, very clever. Or cheek by Jowl. I'm so sorry, I should have got it right then. Yeah, yeah. But um, so, so I, we can I, edit I, that. I, but I, uh, should we try that again? Should we do a take two? Yeah, okay, let's do it again. You know yeah, what yeah. we should do, J.K. We should we should sign a yeah. midfielder right next next to Cheek called Jowl. Cool, and that would be asked by Cheek. That's oh, right. No, no, that's right. That would be. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It would be cheeky arse. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, <laughs> um, but no, I actually thought it, it completely took us by surprise yeah. because it was, and it was a great, what I loved about the ploy was that, that, that a couple of times they did boot a diagonal pass across, which is something that he'd seen in that occasion, for example, when I think it was Cessignon did one-on-one with Mandy and Mandy saved it. And he was offside. And once again, the linesman missed it. So the trouble is, it's not only we're going to go on to this. Not only is the referee incompetent, but his his assistants are incompetent as well. And I then, I, I despair about the whole setup. Hey, we'll we are going to gonna rant for England about that in we'll, a minute. We'll Dazza, Dazza. Yeah, so so come on, I'll just finish this bit. Sorry, Dazza, if you don't mind. But it's, it's but I, I, that was the one thing we never considered, did we, that? But he, it was remarkable. It was a remarkable um, tactical um, sensation by Tuchel it was absolutely yeah. brilliant it was bollock, the bollocks mate and it knocked my team selection oh. into the toilet oh. where it belongs Dazza Sorry, I mean were, were, you, were you happy with uh, the team selection um, yeah I think pre-match I wasn't quite sure how Loftus-Cheek was going to work out um, a right wing back but yeah I, you can't fault anyone it was it was good it was I think the right thing obviously from Tuchel uh, we dominated the first half obviously Um I do just wish we did have a, a proper striker that we could aim at. That would be nice. But from what we had available, yeah, that was the best team Tuchel could have done. Formation and everything else. Um, yeah, you, you couldn't criticise anyone. I, 
I do feel sometimes Cheek going forwards could be slightly, it's not his fault, but I do think it wasn't his natural position. And I think he defended excellently. It was brilliant at the back, but I just wish he did a bit more sometimes going forwards. But yeah, yeah, I mean, he missed that header and. I do think he passes when he can shoot too much, but I mean it was good. Um, let, let's get right onto what we really want to talk about first, really, before we get into how wonderful we were, because I think we can do most of the second part on how wonderful Chelsea were. Anthony Bloody Taylor, unbelievable. Should I just read you out the charge sheet quickly to give it a bit of depth and context? Uh, to the lad, I think it's Tom Levin on Twitter who I've nicked this all from. Uh, it saved me looking it all up. 2014 Southampton versus Chelsea. Uh, Fabregas uh, was penalised for diving when actually uh, it should have been uh, a penalty Jose Mourinho post, post-match said there's a camp battle, there's a campaign against Chelsea or something like that uh, 2017, the FA Cup final, Arsenal-Chelsea, Sanchez plays basketball in the box before scoring Taylor gives nothing and lets the goal stand later Victor Moses is tripped but Taylor, Taylor sends him off for simulation of course he does, 2019 Spurs versus Chelsea in the Premier League Ali's tackle on Kovacic. Taylor books Kovacic. Son kicks Rudiger in the ribs. Taylor sees nothing wrong with it. Gazinga kicks Alonso. Taylor gives a free kick to Tottenham. Uh, for exhibits two and three, Taylor's decisions were overturned by VAR. Uh, Chelsea Man United 2020. Harry Maguire disables Batshuayi's ability to reproduce. He is not penalised and goes on to score the winning goal. Uh, two, Chelsea are denied two goals by VAR, who recommended Taylor go to the monitor. He doesn't. In 2020, the FA Cup final against Chelsea versus Arsenal. Once again, the ball prick gifts Arsenal a trophy. One, he sends off Maceo Kovacic for winning the ball and being stepped on in the process. Two, he overlooks Martinez going a yard outside the box to catch a ball. 2021, United versus Chelsea. In the Premier League, Harry Maguire strangles Aspie. Nothing given again. Uh, City versus Chelsea in 2021. Taylor gives City a penalty, deeming Billy Gilmore to have fouled Gabriel Jesus. He wasn't in, even in the same country. 21-22, both uh, Liverpool games in the Premier League. An unlucky bounce of the ball hits James's arm. Taylor looks at the monitor for less than two seconds before bringing out the red card. Inside 45 seconds of kickoff, Mane elbows Aspilicueta in the face. Taylor only gives a yellow card. And then uh, we had yesterday. And, uh, I mean, you know, the first goal... I mean, both goals down to Taylor. I mean, there was a foul, just up to date. I mean, you would have all seen this, I know. But there was a foul, it's quite near where I'm sitting, and, and Dazza and uh, JK. But there was a foul on Havertz by whatever his name is, Ben ben Deco or whatever his name is. Betancourt. Was it Betancourt? Ben, Sounds yeah. like somewhere we went to on our World War One Chelsea fan cast trip with Alex. But anyway, Bentancourt fouls Havertz the, and... Uh, Okay, there's a lot happens after that. In front of the lino as well. In front the of the yeah. lino. Absolutely. Darren was, in, uh, Absolutely. was will tell us how uh, upset he was with Havertz actually in that point, which is a good point. Anyway, Jorginho pissed about in the penalty area, which was not clever, let's be very honest, uh, before losing the ball. Um, but uh, And then Hoiberg puts it in. So that goal, I think, you know, as Tuchel said, could have been avoided. The second one was even worse, I think. No, but can we just say that Richarlison was actually offside? Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, Richarlison was <laughs> yeah, yeah. miles offside. And, and, and he's also in the line of vision of the ball. Absolutely. Well. Sorry, Jake. I'm, I'm... Somebody tried to make out that because Mandy hadn't complained about it, it was okay. Yeah, just... mate. I'm, so, I'm sorry. You're, you're absolutely right. I'm, I'm, I'm running ahead because I'm, I'm, my type's font is too small and I've got bad eyes. Now, second goal should have been a red card uh, on Romero for pulling Cucurella's hair for violent conduct. Dean on VAR says no. Now, get this. Even 
fucking Jermaine Jenis, the most one-eyed Spurs pundit going. He makes Jamie O'Hara look like an Arsenal fan. Even he thought it was violent conduct and a red card. And he almost said it sheepishly on Match of the Day too. So, you know, as a result, there's a corner and they score a goal which we defended badly. You know, okay, hands up, we did. But unbelievable. I mean, Darren, I I want you to come at a different angle because... You know, you were very funny on the Havertz thing. I was incensed because it was obviously a foul in my book. But you, you, you were cross with Havertz, weren't you? Well, yes. I mean, I wasn't exactly happy with Taylor either. But Havertz spent. You were. Uh, they you didn't were, make. Were you joining in with the chant that lasted about? Yeah, minutes? I was. I was. But as Jonathan was saying, the line I was there, the ref was there. Although I did, I did feel that he probably did get the man first. I did think there's two of them there, two officials. Perhaps not, because when you see it back, obviously, it's very, very clear. It didn't look great at the time, but you just think maybe we have got it wrong because you do obviously back your own team. Um, but everyone down the pub afterwards kept saying, obviously, it was clearly a foul. You could clearly see it from the stands that he didn't get the, the ball first. But yeah, I just think it didn't make a difference in the end. But Havertz was obviously very incensed, spent a lot of time arguing with the linesman. He wouldn't have... Got, it wasn't like he would have tracked back, he would have stopped anything anyway, but you do play to the whistle and he clearly wasn't playing to the whistle. The liner was never going to um, change his mind on it. So, yeah, it just annoyed me that it didn't make a difference that time, but if it had done, if he had just played on and could have actually prevented something or whatnot, then, you know, it's just not what you're taught to do. I thought it was a bad moment because, in fact, I think Mount had got the ball, hadn't he? And there were only two of them up there. So it was actually a it was a goal scoring opportunity as well. It, it, it wouldn't have been a sent been sent off. It was the fact that we were attacking. That's what yeah. really pissed him off so much because we got the ball from there. Yeah, yeah. And then what happened? He was actually so incensed that in the in the eventual um, the fracas that took place uh, between Conte the first one, um, which I've got a, another insight into by the way, um, uh, he went up to the fourth official and harangued the fourth official for for not. Um, uh, uh, somehow influencing it, which I found very peculiar because fourth officials don't influence anything. Mm. But he had a go at him in the same way that Ducal kept having a go at them. I just feel that the, it seems very strange to me that the fourth official gets berated when, in actual fact, they have no power whatsoever. They're not going to give anything to the referee. And can I just say this briefly? One of the reasons why the, this whole thing escalated was because Ducal was having a go at the fourth official a lot. And one of the one of Conti's heavies, the, the very thin, skeletal, bald bloke, kept standing up beside the ref, beside the fourth official, looking unbelievably angrily at Tuchel and remonstrating with him. So it was being set up before the whole thing happened. Who's the bald bloke? It's it's the, one of the coaches, one of Conti's coaches. It's an assistant. He, he got He's up. Not a bald Conti, is he? It, oh, very, very, very bold, Conte. Con, I think it's Conte, is not. No, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say the word in a second. If you, you are, know. I know. We need Marco on here, not because he's bald, <laughs> because he likes to say the word. Uh, but um, uh, yeah, so it, it, was, it was really seething. It was seething. But I agree with you completely, Dazza. I think that that he he actually overreacted. But to be fair to him, he was taken out. He was completely taken out, and he's got you've got. Um, uh, um, Taylor one side and the linesman exactly. Yeah. And the thing is, is the linesman it, with Taylor will not make decisions on his own because of the relationship Taylor has with them, because they defer to him. He is considered the best ref there is, other than Oliver. So therefore, every decision he makes is correct in his head. The linesman will not do anything 
to undermine his authority. That is that is what we've established. We've created this monster because this is the case with Taylor. Taylor so believes his own publicity. It's horrendous. Mm. But but so he's going to miss the obvious, the obvious foul. He'll miss. He I mean, makes a decision. He felt he was doing a positive thing because he saw it. You could see him going, no, 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 ball, ball played, ball played. Okay, I mean, look, let, like, we could hammer into Taylor all night. And, and I mean, you know, talking about, I mean, I, Don, Donald, I'm just going to read this, actually, because Donald's in the house and Donald's brilliant, as we all know. He says the vituperative debate on Taylor has been shepherded by journos onto a discussion around errors. We all make errors, but it ignores the real problem, one of attitude. Early on, Kane was muscled off the ball by Reese. It was the second or third time Kane had failed to keep the ball. As Reese drove away, Kane followed and took a petulant swipe at uh, Reese's legs and took him down. No card. This kind of uh, the kind of frustrated foul that always draws a card as there's no attempt to get the ball. Later in the half, James pulls back Son to stop a breakout professional foul. Yellow card. No problem with that. And that's the problem with Taylor. You can miss an incident. All refs do. But here he has time to consider and decide. And that is exactly the case with Romero grabbing Romero's head. He was looking right at it. On what fucking planet is that not a foul? Please, somebody, Matt Young is probably listening. Matt, I know you're a referee. Explain to me why that is not a foul. Because I can't see it. Anybody? Yeah, no, I was going to say the same. That Again, it was right in Taylor's eye line. He was standing literally a few yards behind it. You know, he should have seen it. He could have seen it. Um, if he didn't see exactly what happened, he must have seen the infringement at least, even if he didn't think it was a red card. Um yeah, I, I don't see how he couldn't have seen it. But then Cucurella came up immediately afterwards and brandished in his, a finger in his face, said, I've had my hair, but yeah, you could well, see him. He, had a, he going, was holding a bunch hair. of his hair, mate. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I, I just don't think, but then you have to say, what on earth were they doing in Stockley Park? Well, VAR what are equally culpable, aren't they? Completely appalling. Mike Dean. Appalling. I mean, absolutely, but but I, why you you know you can't use the word crooked, unbelievably well, inept, I mean, you, absolutely fucking useless. Uh, who who knows, J.K. I mean, uh, I mean the, the journalist, as I said, my, you know Miguel Deluni was on the case today. Henry Winter too. I'm surprised at Henry, you know, because Henry's a good egg. He get you know, I mean, he's one of the best. But you see, the trouble is, it's so hard to prove corruption with referees until it's well after the fact. Mark Halsey's very interesting to listen yeah. to because yeah. he's come out with all sorts of insinuations that there's a lot of it that goes on. I think it's almost impossible to to say that it doesn't go on. But of course, it's so hard to prove. So therefore, we have to wipe away the idea of corruption, which is fine. What does that leave? Just unbelievable incompetence. It's got to be that, JK. But he he but he's such an egotist, you know that that he was almost he'll find a reason for not giving for not giving it. He would say I was concentrating on the ball, or I left it to VAR, and they didn't think that, and they may have felt that Cucurella threw himself to the ground. You can you can see all the arguments for it. Whereas it was you know if if he'd if he'd bothered to do the job that he's supposed to do, which is rather than pay attention to the VAR setup, say I want to go and look at the screen. That's what he should have done. He should have gone to look at the screen. But he's he's given in entirely in this instance to Mike Dean, which is something very rare for for uh, Taylor because he likes to think that he's got the decision right himself on the pitch. 
So you can only conclude there is collusion, I'm afraid. So, I wouldn't take Mark Halsey's opinion anyway. When he had that with Cudicini and Windas, where Windas bundled Cudicini yes. over, yes. Cudicini put his knee sort of across himself, thinking Windas going to try and get up and attack him. Halsey sent off Cudicini, wouldn't back down, despite the fact the referee overturned the red card. He was always adamant it was a red card, and he was right to send off Cudicini, despite the fact you could clearly see from every replay of it he was wrong but he would never admit he was wrong to do it so i've never liked halsey it's true this is not he's never been the best applier of the laws halsey well they're they're all they're all they're all as bad as each other as we know it's very interesting what what tuchel said about this let me just just read you a bit of this um you know the 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 journalist said well the, the fans think that he's got a campaign against us as we we keep saying he says, I don't think just some of the fans think that. I can assure you the whole dressing room of us, every single person thinks that. I can't understand how the first goal is not offside. And I can't understand when a player is pulled by their hair, the other player stays on the pitch. Pull someone else's hair, stay on the pitch and attack the last corner. This is for me without any explanation and I don't want to accept it. Both goals should not stand and it's a fair result because we were brilliant, deserved to win. This is my point of view uh, and uh, pressed on this. Uh, he says, not only the fans, you know the players. They know what's going on when they're on the pitch. They know it. And, of course, that comes across loud and clear. Uh, he says, are they worried when it's this referee? Yes, of course, he says. Uh, and uh, talking more about the players with having an issue uh, and the fact that we all think he shouldn't referee Chelsea games. He says, well, maybe it would be better. Maybe it would be better. But, honestly, we also have VAR to help make the right decision. Since when can players be pulled by their hair? Since when is that not a foul? If he does not see it, I don't blame him. I didn't see it. But we have people at VAR who check this. Then you see it. And how can this not be a free kick and a red card? This is what I was saying. That, that This doesn't even have to do with the referee in this case. If he does not see something, that's why we have people to check if there's a decisive error going on. I mean, I could go on and on and on. But the reality is Tottenham drew because of incompetent refereeing. That's the way it is. Now, you, you alluded to this earlier. And, of course, JK... as Dazza knows he would have had an absolute prime view of all this handbags with uh, with Tuchel, uh, with Tuchel and Conte. T- uh, Tuchel said of it was he was really funny about this. He says I just compared it to two players who had a bit of a fight on the field and nothing happens. Nobody gets injured and the players. If you have a hard tackle or a fair tackle, if you don't go and apologise, there's no need. It's Premier League football and the two managers got involved today because both of us were fighting for our teams. That was it. Nobody got insulted. Nobody got hurt. We didn't have a fist fight or something. For me, it's not a big deal. It was part of today, and it boiled, of course, and it featured us, but nothing bad. Today, it was part of it all. Uh, and, he, and, and somebody asked him, did you enjoy it? He said, yes, I did, <laughs> which I thought was brilliant. So, come on, what happened? You, this was going well, on all game, right? This what was what I thought yeah. happened was that Conte got more and more frustrated and was doing that thing of hugging himself and just then occasionally bursting out shouting because they'd come thinking they were going to give us a drubbing and uh and and uh Tuchel gave him a lesson in how to play against um his team with his tactics and he got unbelievably frustrated more and more and more and kept turning towards his bench in in despair kept turning towards the guys and then um Tuchel, the couple of decisions went wrongly and Tuchel then had a go at the fourth official and this thug guy stood up and stood and almost threatened Tuchel, the other side of the referee, other side of the fourth fourth official. And this was boiling. And so when when Tuchel then came and had a go at the fourth official after the after the goal, it was it was an opportunity 
for Conte to completely lose it because I felt that he lost it more because the vein stuck out on the side of his neck. And they actually, it was actually, it's all very well, um, Tommy, Tommy Tuchel saying, you know, he enjoyed it. They actually headbutted each other. They actually, yeah, they actually were like that with each other. It looked to me like Conte was the one that was really going for he, that he one. Was, he it? was really going for it, but he did. He went right up to him with his, with Forrest yeah. and, and did that. Yeah. And that seems to have been, that seems to have been forgotten. He nutted him. He should have, he nutted, he should have pulled his wig off though. Yeah, hey. Hey, but once you know, again, you know what? Then that would have been a classic example of bobbing and weaving. Oh, Chidge, you are on fire! <laughs> Phenomenal! <laughs> Phenomenal! Bobbing and weaving. Oh dear! <laughs> I can't. Yeah, I'm trying to think of something syruping or something, but oh, I can't get that. Yeah, very syrupy. No. Yeah. It's a very syrupy <laughs> moment. Yeah. Um. But um. Uh. Yes. Yeah, so that was, and then everybody piled in, specifically this bloke as well. This. I wish I knew who the guy was. I need to look at the three of them. The. Uh, his his cohorts, his assistants, um, and then it all and one of them, I think they both got booked as well because three of them got booked because they they were very vocal and very aggressive, and he got pushed back. It all got pushed back, and then all the other players involved. What I loved about it as well was somehow it all evolved into a drinks break. Yeah, it was almost as if that, that was the kind yeah. of sort of the way of taking the pulling the sting out was just oh we'll have a drinks break now. Like okay, the milky okay. bar kid, isn't it? Every, you know, mum comes in. The milky bars are on me. Right? Oh, okay, <laughs> stop fighting. Oh, it's kind of a milky bar. Now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they went off, and all Chelsea were all together in a huddle, and they had to call all the Spurs players back because of the drinks break. But obviously, the seething was there all the way through, and of course, then demonstrated by the fact that when we scored the second, Tuchel um, ran all the way down yeah. the touchline like a Mourinho. But then, amusingly, didn't um, didn't uh, Conte put an Instagram post saying, "If uh, if I'd seen him, I didn't see him. I'd have tripped him up." He said, which everybody said, "Oh, it's it's fun, isn't it funny?" And I thought, actually, no, this isn't funny at all. He really meant it. He would have come and tripped him. I think Con- Conte's a nasty piece of work, mate. Oh, well, you can. We know that. But he's a short ass. I'd fancy Tuchel any day. I don't like where this is going. I like him. He's passionate. He keeps it on the pitch. Mourinho was more interested in what's going on behind him with the supporters. Mourinho wanted to. Um, have a go at Chelsea supporters. Conte, to me, loves what's on the pitch. He's so passionate about yeah, yeah. it. When he when he was with us, he was brilliant. When but he swings off he's the a Spurs dugout, manager. Yeah, when he swings off the dugout in Stoke, you know that's what you remember yeah, him for yeah. things like yeah, that and that yeah. passion. And that's what no, I'll always love about him. I'm not no, knocking it. But he's now the enemy. I can remember him throwing his toys out of the pram and sulking for a whole season. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. JK. And that's yeah. JK's pleading the ballot on that one, Dazza. Sorry. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I thought his behaviour, the Barcelona game, when he tactically put William in the wrong position forwards and they scored and he then went round embracing all the Barcelona players at the end of the game was something that will stay with me for Conte mm. because he effectively was saying to the board, fuck you. Yeah. And he was doing Fafongu. that. Fafongu! Exactly. And yeah, so, and he didn't Conte, look interested. It, 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 was, it was, I don't know how he won the FA Cup that year because you could almost see him Deliberately, I think it's because he hadn't won a he hadn't won a a, a trophy that way. He'd only won leagues, yeah. so yeah, but he's uh, still first time Mourinho lost the final. I think though, so it's still good that he did it. Oh, no, yeah. no, I, I right. can't. I'm not. Well, not let's not, let's that. not relitigate 2017. Yeah. Um, what I would say is this: uh, that I mean, we we were still we were watching it quite avidly, and of course, it's a bit annoying where we were sitting, Darren, because we couldn't really see what was going on. Uh, later, I go home to find out there was this weird moment where uh, Conte really dismissively actually kind of a faux handshake and just storms past Tuchel and Tuchel 
had his hand and just yanked him back like a rag doll. And it all kicked off because apparently Tuchel didn't like that. He thought, no, no, that's disrespectful, mate. I'm not having that, which I thought was quite funny. And that, that was the, the handshake gate. But there's, I mean, there's already been FA retribution, Darren. I mean, they've already launched their investigation into the both of them because they both got a red card for that. Um, it's fucking typical. Why Why do they have to do this? Just fucking let it go. They got a red card. That sh- should be it. And we're yeah, so Tuchel on that. Yeah, but they won't look at the refereeing. They won't look at any of those things. That's the thing that Taylor must be delighted by is that is what all the headlines were. Everything was about Conte and Tuchel. Carry on. I'm loving it. Literally, you look at it today. It's, it's all you can find is about that. Everyone, everyone saw what happened. It was off the pitch. It didn't really actually affect the match itself. The big part of it was what happened after the final whistle as opposed to just before the drinks break. Um, you know, as you say, whatever Conte said when Tuchel ran down the line to try and wind him up and everything else, it didn't actually affect what was happening on the pitch. It was just, it's the wrong thing for everyone to go for. I love the passion of it. I love the fact that Tuchel and Conte cared that much, wanted to rip each other's heads off and then played it down afterwards. I actually don't see what a big deal is. Tuchel did, but Conte hasn't. Uh, yeah, I don't think he... I think he played it down, didn't he, afterwards? He did. Did he not? No, he did, he did. No, Conte was pretty much the same as Tuchel, to be fair, in his post-match presser. I mean, you know, I think Darren's got an excellent point there, actually, that, that nobody's talking about how shit Taylor was today, really. They're all mm. talking about the handshake game. Well, in fact, they did... What was interesting was that they talked all about... the the In the in the papers, all the pictures of the fights were there, but actually in the articles themselves, mm, okay. they all they all said that the decisions were wrong. Okay, fair enough. I, I didn't read the papers today because I don't yeah. read the papers. I just use Twitter for my news source. Darren? Headlines, that's all I look at. And the headlines were not about that, Jonathan. The headlines were just... No, I agree, I agree. Okay. I agree completely. But the articles themselves, yeah. Yeah. several, yeah. that said, well, got it... He said they got the, but Taylor got the decision. You, you know what? You know what was missing yesterday. You know, women on the pitch. Always, Jonathan. Always, and I keep writing to uh, the, the the fan engagement manager because there apparently there is such a thing. I'm not going to go any more into that one. Uh, but uh, what was missing yesterday? Uh, any hint of aggro on or off the pitch? Was Rudiger running eighty meters to be involved? I kind of, <laughs> I kind of missed that. He'd have been in there butting everybody if he'd have had the chance. But his replacement is becoming quite Rudiger-esque. Uh, he did try a long-range shot, having launched himself up the field. But I've got to say, uh, Dazza, that vol- that volley from Koulibaly, yeah, and a great corner, having having stunk the place out the week before with their corners. It was. It was a. I. I didn't realize at the time how good it was until I watched it on the TV late. What a way to mark your home debut! He's, this guy's going to be great. I love him already. Yeah, the same, same. And because um, he had his left foot shot that went wide before that, and I thought it was nice that he at least wants to try and shoot and will oh, do that these was things. Definitely a Rudiger homage, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, probably. And it, it was nice to you, you want some defenders to go and do it because obviously Silver can head the ball and everything else, but. Yeah, it was as good as I remember it being at the time, like how he executed it, how he did it all. And it was, it was, you, you, it was like you say, it was the perfect way to mark his home debut, um, especially wearing like JT's shirt. He's got his expectations to live up to and he goes and does that. And so JT scored a, a few like that. Mm, yeah, it was, I loved it. And JT would have been happy it was against Spurs as well that he uh, 
marked it. So yeah, it was just an amazing goal for for anyone, let alone a centre back, to just whack it in. He's a, he's an enormous unit, Koulibaly. I hadn't realised he's huge, and yeah. he actually eclipsed Thiago because he was great. Koulibaly was great. There was a wonderful moment where he actually misplaced a pass because he's a really good passer of the boys, a really good footballer. Full stop. And his reaction to it was to run up the pitch and slide tackle the person who he'd immediately passed the ball to. And it was just joyous. It was was a joyous moment. He is a top, top player. Absolutely. Yeah. And we, we, you know, I, I, I applaud the, the, uh, um, uh, the persistence of the club getting him as a replacement because, and also the other thing, which I was looking at a few tactics at, at the weekend the, the whole process of having the centre-half advance and have a shot, which Rudiger did, is in fact a deliberate thing to do to stop the, I think I mentioned this on Friday, it's to stop, it's to give another option because somebody has to come to him and it leaves space for a pass. And we did some wonderful little passing movements as a consequence that Kula Bali was involved in um, just by coming out from the back. And uh, there was an occasion in the second half when we were playing just the two of them because we were all over them. Um, and it was even when they had, uh, and that's when he forced. That's when we scored the goal, well, and he he stuck on all the all the well, forwards. I was, I was just exactly great segue, J.K. Because that was that was exactly what happened. Reese James, who uh, was still playing, uh, I think he was still in the right centre back position at the time, um, was all on his own on the right. Nobody marking him at all. And that's exactly why. So he was the centre back, if you like, who had moved up. But that was a great goal because I can't remember now, somebody will remind me, who won the ball out uh, on the wing. Uh, and then Kante, who had made a great run, did a lovely pass to Sterling, who beautifully weighted pass to Reese James. Darren and I were saying at the time, <laughs> I said, he put it away like a striker. And Darren said, not like one of our strikers, <laughs> which is a very good point. I would only have backed Mason Mount Raheem Sterling or Reese James have actually scored that opportunity. And again, I think that most of our attacking options, if they were Sterling, would have just been fixated on trying to get a shot away as soon as they could, instead of laying the ball out to the right. Um, I Yeah, I love it. When it came to Reese James, I think everyone knew he was going to score it. And it was great from Sterling. It was all round it was, um, to be honest with you. And it was it's always great when you see Reese James score because he's so passionate with his celebrations as well. So Kissing it the was... badge, running into the Matthew Harding lower. Yeah, exactly. We love to there see course, it. Some, some Spurs fans said he should have been booked for going into the crowd. Then he would have been sent off. Yeah. Yes. I can't believe, I didn't even notice till Chid sent the pace notes before this, that Spurs didn't get a single player booked all match. I never noticed that. Well, the other thing we didn't mention about Taylor, you mentioned it vaguely about the business of people being pulled back. We all in the stand said there will be serial fouling from Spurs players Mm. and it'll be constant. And the first person to be booked will be a Chelsea player for one for a pullback, which is exactly what it's definitely it's definitely a yellow for James. It was a yellow. It was 100 percent. It was cynical he knew he was doing. But the the number of niggly fouls, particularly Kulosovsky, whatever his name is, he did three in a row. Oh, Three in a row. Conte and Taylor did absolutely sorry. nothing. Not Conte. Tuchel said, if I can find it, he said something. This is the bit I didn't read out. 
uh, earlier on. Um, some fouls won't be given. We still have rules, and I'm surprised when there is a 50-50 challenge with Harry Kane in the build-up to the last goal, and it's worth whistling because none of the players expected a free kick because it wasn't a free kick, but suddenly it is. I don't know. J- James really fucking barged him. Oh, no, he, he, he bashed him. Yeah, that was yeah. definitely a free Sorry, Tommy T, that was definitely a free kick, son. Uh, anyway, when Reese James did a tactical foul, it was a yellow card. JK's point. How many tactical fouls did Hoiberg do today? He hit Reese James in his neck in front of both benches, and the fourth official told me they'd go back to it because it was advantage. Did he go back to it? Tommy Tuchel didn't say this, but this is what he meant. Did he fuck? Anyway, Benton Kurt did three, four, five, six tactical fouls and didn't get a yellow card. It's yeah. a clear foul on Kai Havertz. He goes towards goal, stands and goes, and, la, 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 and then he's back into the goal. Um, yeah, so, you know, your point proven absolutely by the gaffer, mate, and they were doing it all game. And you're right, Darren. I mean, this is the interesting thing to exemplify your point. We had three bookings. Mendy, I can't remember what for. Uh, Havertz, I can't remember what I'm for. Wasting. Time wasting. Okay, well, what did Havertz get booked for? Um, Probably fouling somebody. He does Mouthing it off, I think. And, May, okay, and... maybe descent. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. All right. So basically, the only one who did a proper foul and got booked was James, which is the professional foul. So there were, there were three of us booked. None of theirs were booked at all. And yet, the foul count, we did nine and they did nine. Any disparity yeah. there? I mean, in a sense, no, because James was a definite professional foul. But I sure we did a lot of other, well, we did clearly did a lot of other fouls, and nobody got booked. So I don't know. Maybe because you know that there's this rule that they've introduced that they're trying to let the game go a bit more. So they're, they're letting a, a lot more fouls go these days. So maybe it has something to do with that. They've got, they've, as the fourth official said, they've got to then retrospectively go back and book the player, mm. um, and even if you're playing on, that's what you do. I mean, goodness sake, I even I used to do that, and this is you know 120 years ago. Yeah. Well, indeed. Uh, who knows? I mean, what, what I can tell you is that we're going to go for a break. Uh, and then when we come back, we're going to talk much more about uh, what we thought about the game. And, and in, in particular, I think, you know, just brilliant performances all around, really. A uh, bit of moaning about the finishing, no doubt. Uh, Kante uh, limped off, which was a bit of a worry, but maybe not. Uh, all sorts of things. So we will be back very, very soon. But before that, uh, it would be remiss of me not to uh, highlight uh, this wonderful, wonderful publication that uh, will go down in the British Library as probably the best fanzine ever, uh, even though I write for it, which makes it even more remarkable. Uh, but yeah, CFC UK, like Chelsea and football, is back. Uh, the store was open for business yesterday. It's lovely to see all the usual suspects there. Bumped into DJ, obviously, and Marco. Gave them big hugs. Uh, and uh, obviously, the best thing to do is to get it when you go to a match, in which case it will cost you only a pound. Uh, but not everybody can do that, so do not worry. You can get a proper copy uh, if you email fanzine at cfcuk.net. And if you're in the UK, that'll cost you 18 quid for a year subscription, 40 quid in Europe, 56 quid in the rest of the world. But you can also get it digitally, so you get emailed a PDF copy of it. Uh, and that will cost you six quid or one pound each. And uh, you can do that via PayPal. So there you go. You, you still involved with the fanzine, Darren? No, again, it was probably about the same sort of time where I stopped being involved, and it's something I'd like to. I actually think if you look at a fanzine from 10 years ago till now, I think the quality is a lot better now um, than it was before. And it wasn't bad then, but I just think some of the writers are really good now. It's actually smaller font because they've got more to say. Beforehand, it used to be bigger fonts, um, probably a bit less value for money. But no, I actually think the fanzine 
has got a lot better um, in the last 10 years in terms of the content. Like I enjoy most of the articles in it now, um, which I generally probably, DJ might not thank me for saying it, but I probably wouldn't have said 10 years ago. Um, So no, I'm not involved in it, but um, I do think it's got better. Well, fair enough. It's all honest honest comment which is what you get on the Chelsea fancast right we will be back for part two in the uh, shake of a lamb's Chidge JK in all the years you've been following Chelsea you hardly ever miss a match home or away but how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV oh Chidge I'd be bereft inconsolable the thought of missing my beloved blue boys live (laughs) It's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Pale. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy. And you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chels. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast and I'm, of course, Stamford Chidge, also known as Stamford Bridge on the odd occasion. Why? I don't know. Anyway, uh, I've got uh, the lovely Jonathan Kidd with me. I was known as Stamford for a bit, do you remember? Well, and you know what? I saw I saw your little love in with Rick Glanville on Twitter the other day and I and I was about to say, Excuse me, I'm the real Stamford and then I thought better of it because I thought you two would just gang up on me and say, Oh no you're was, not. Oh no you're not. I was gonna not. go I'm Stamford, and no, then everybody else well, would have said, I, I'm, I, Stamford. I had, I'm Stamford. Yeah, I had that Spartacus thought in my head when I when I thought about it and I thought, No, they'll just think I'm being pissy, so I ignored it, but there you go. Lovely to see you, old Bean, as always. Lovely to be talking about such a uh, a brilliant performance. Indeed, and, indeed. Uh, and a kind of, um, what I love is the resurgence of the side um, uh, who'd written us off after the of the press had written us oh, off. Oh, yeah. Joyous. Joyous, mate. Yes, the joyous Absolutely joyous. People watching going, ooh, 
help. They're really rather good, aren't they? Yeah, I love. Mate, I my I was I loved it. I mean, honestly, I I was saying to people after it's all very downhearted. No, don't be. Look, we got mugged off with stupid refereeing, but we were brilliant. Anyway, more of that in a minute. Oh, by the way, did you have a nice time with Alex? Yeah, yeah, she's great. Yeah, yeah, good. You got a big hug for me. Yes, good, yes, good, good. I'm good. a bit too too energetic with my hug. Actually, I do apologise. Well, as am I. So that was in keeping, really. Uh, Whilst right. we're talking about sports, can I just very quickly say I met Neil Beard before the game, who I haven't really caught with for a while. And most of us, were you optimistic before the game, Jonathan? Yes. Were you? Okay. Yeah. Well, that's ruined what I was going to say then, because I wasn't. Chidge wasn't. Most people weren't. And as Neil and I went into the rows, one of Neil's mates said, "Do you think we're going to win today?" And Neil gave. A very, very optimistic, of course we are. And he was the only person that actually seemed confident we were going to win before the game. Neil, well, no, actually, we, we prophesied a draw because we thought that something would happen. Yeah, you did. You said 1-0. You didn't think we were going to win. You yeah. said 1-0. Well, no, I, but I, I know, but it didn't, didn't prevent me from thinking. I didn't think that we would we would roll over no. because because that was what everybody was prophesying. That was the agenda, wasn't it? That was the agenda that was for us to roll over. There is a new hegemony being created. There's a new... Yeah, yeah. Arsenal and Spurs are now taking over with us. Yeah. And we're now, you know, and, and somebody wrote, you know, oh, two teams worrying about finishing fourth, even doing that. And you go, no, actually, mate, after that performance and you realise the genius of Tuchel, you go, excuse me, I'm sorry, there is potential to finish well, we'll this. get into that in a minute. But uh, on the on, on the draw point, this is going to make you giggle, JK, because I predicted 2-2 when I went on Ricky's last word on Spurs. Uh, I predicted 2-2, I think, on Friday. You did. And then I, then I changed my mind for the Prem Predictions League to 1-1. What a fucking plum. Anyway, whatever. Yeah, by the way, we've got, talking of fucking plums, we've got Darren Mantle on the show for the first time <laughs> in years. I God can't, knows how long. Mate, I can't, I mean, it was lovely to see you on Saturday, and it's always, or Sunday, it's always lovely to see you when you pop over and see me in, 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 the, in Gate 17, but it's, 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 it's brilliant having you on the show tonight. I'm thoroughly it's enjoying it. being back on it. Like, you keep telling me I need to be on it more often, so yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I do need to make that happen as well. There you go, keep the others on. It's like the return of Didier Drogba when he came back. <laughs> you know, it's, that, it's that good. Um, anyway, so we've got Dazza, good old Dazza Mantle back on the show it's like old times at the moment it's lovely um now i was going talking of old times uh darren we were talking about this on sunday weren't we but um those of you who have been listening to this show for longer than five minutes will remember fondly the absolute legend i mean it wouldn't it, uh, you know what it wouldn't be it wouldn't be wrong to say that Cheltel probably made this uh show what it was one day i'll read you a very funny review yeah. on itunes uh, which I think was possibly written by Cheltel himself, actually, which has been scathing about the show since he left. Uh, but anyway, Cheltel remains an absolute diamond of a bloke and a lovely, lovely friend. But sadly, he had a heart attack earlier this month, uh, which I, I didn't know because I'd, I'd missed the whole messaging on Facebook. But yeah, he had a really nasty heart attack. It was rushed to hospital, blah de blah de blah um, But they had an op, and it looks like, like he's okay. We've seen, we just checked Facebook. And there was a message there from the great man himself saying, um, I'm all right. So, uh, Tell, if you're listening to the show, you, you probably don't listen to this rubbish. You've got more sense than that. But if you are, mate, me and Darren especially are sending you massive love yep. as well as uh, pickled egg and walnuts. Only Tell will get that. Actually, and, and people who watch Laurel and Hardy. Okay, I'm going to have Not to Jonathan. explain. All right. Uh, when me and Tell went to visit Dr. Martin Hospital when he had his hip operation. And Tell went in there clutching a brown paper bag. 
And we got there. I said, tell what's in the brown paper, ba- paper bag? And he said, pickled eggs and walnuts. I said, mate, why are you bringing Martin pickled eggs and walnuts? He said, haven't you seen the scene from Laurel and Hardy? Where actually, I think Stan uh, uh, Stan uh, Laurel brings Oliver Hardy pickled eggs and walnuts. So there you go. Especially for you, Taylor. We love you lots, mate. I hope you're all right. And yeah. uh, get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for your birthday wishes as well. So there we go. Good old Cheltel. Now, um, we were getting into this a bit before uh, all the lunacy of what I was remembering and all the rest of it. And uh, the reality is, JK, we dominated Spurs from start to finish. And, I mean, it was a massive, I mean, a huge improvement on the on the tired, and I think they were very leggy against Everton, but the tired dross at Everton. It all clicked and gelled. I mean, I wonder if... I want. I mean, you, you're saying this is Tuchel's genius, and I would be inclined to agree. But I, it also had the the feeling of a team, and this is what we really hope for as supporters: that when we play Spurs, they're on it, they're at it, they get how important it is to us, and they commit. And they were just whizzing around the pitch everywhere, weren't they? Well, they're like angry hornets all over the place, and that was great to see. I don't think it was down to their commitment. I think it was down to the tactic that he knew that that was the way to stop them from playing because he'd hinted at that in the press conference, which is to stop the attacks from starting, stop the... He said they're the best counter-attacking team in Europe, one of them, and he said, therefore, stop that from happening. And uh, and for 70 minutes, we, we, we managed to do that. I think this is why he was so frustrated by that goal because I think they did, for the, the Hoiberg goal, they did lose concentration after the foul because they was... I, once again, going back to it, I think Havertz should have just not complained and gone back and dealt with it. And they just seemed, they almost seemed to be waiting for a foul to be called, even though, you know, the moment had gone and it was 35 seconds before. But um, no, I, I I, I think the fact that they they followed the, the game plan so brilliantly, I have to say, Mason Mount was exceptional, quite f- phenomenal, non-stop running, non-stop um, niggly and and getting a, and, and getting the ball back and it was actually a very similar um, uh, it was the Champions League uh, performance for me that was the the brilliance of that the stopping the opposition from playing tactically but and um, and if we'd taken a few of the chances once again this is the, the major problem but I I'm not seeing this as a as a as a problem because I think they will they will buy somebody or just get a bit better at it because the the, the the Sterling is is a terrific player for this pattern, mm-hmm. and it makes you realise why on earth did they bother with with Lukaku? And interestingly enough, Haaland yesterday for City only had eight eight touches, <laughs> and you just think that this is the problem with buying. This. Oh, how but, we laughed when Luka, oh, Lukaku had the same. And one was taking kickoff, yeah. Palace, you know, yeah. yeah, during the kickoff, you just think the the this kind of modern tactic, this kind of tactic of using the unbelievably mobile front three really cat doesn't want doesn't deal with a with a it doesn't need to have a center forward well it will be preferable if one of those front three can get the ball in the net more which is what we require i mean an example was the brilliance of reese james first time cross that um havertz almost volleyed in what a wonderful goal that would have been that was on one one and um and that was the kind of chance where you just go yes but but on other occasions, Havertz would have scored that because he's good enough. And he just, it, 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 the reliance, unfortunately, on Havertz being the man to put the ball in the net it, it isn't quite working because he really is. I thought he had a terrific game as well. He was he was really on it. They were all on it. 
it's just a question of fine tuning. And I think if they were to get somebody, I don't know who on earth they're going to get. I mean, this ridiculousness of this linked with Gordon from Everton. Gordon is a moron. Sake. What the fuck? Why does everybody believe that complete bollocks? Oh, God, I despair of Twitter. The idiocy of these things. You're not going to sell him, are they, Everton? Also, we're not going to want him. What for? Obama Yang appears to be a, a decent purchase, but he enjoys playing for Barcelona. He scored 17 goals for them last season. All right, he might not play because Lewandowski plays, but he's going to come on. It's He's got so many what-ifs going on here. We don't know, but it would be nice to have... In his 33, nice to have somebody with that speed. That's the kind of thing that Tuchel, Borussia, he was great because he was all over the place and nipped the ball in. And perhaps is a is a better suggestion than Havertz at centre forward. But Havertz is is a it provides a lot for me as yeah. well. Right. I do, it's it's a tricky one, isn't it? But I think if they if if the season goes on and we get a we get somebody to do that, I think we're we're in for a fantastic season. Well, I think I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Sterling is already making oh, a big, already, a big yeah. difference, Darren. And yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with J.K. I'm a big fan of Havertz. I, lo- I just like his attitude. You know, he's a, he, I know you had a bit of a hump about him, you know, losing his head. But I kind of like that. But also, when he missed that, he had the best chance that we didn't convert was his one in the second yeah. half, where with Jan- the James Cross. Yeah, he should have buried it, and that was for me the issue that we have is we don't have that person there, and it isn't. Really, exactly. Havertz should be able to score that, but that isn't his actual position to be doing that. And we we need someone that is there that will stand there um, and convert them. But yeah, there's no way Havertz should have missed that. Well, he also had that effort that was just wide in the first half, uh, but he wasn't the only one. Mount Mount missed a few. I mean, they you know Sterling and Mount both uh, blazed shots over the bar. Yeah, the Sterling one when he blazed over was yeah. really unfortunate, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It'll come. It'll come. I'm I I you know. I have faith in them at the moment. I tell you, I tell you who really. I mean, everybody caught my eye. Obviously, I thought it was a great performance all round, as we've been saying. Yeah. But um, I, I did chuckle a little bit because you know I've been my doing my best for the last week or so to completely write off uh, Jorginho and Kante as always, demanding that we change to four three three to accommodate Gallagher and and Mount, as I was moaning to you about on on Sunday. But I have to say. Um, his mistake in the penalty box that gave way the second goal effectively aside. I thought Jorginho was brilliant, passing it, controlling it, doing what we said he does really, really well, which was suitable for a team that plays counter-attack. Um, but he also tackled a lot and got back a lot. And I thought Kante looked back to the great, good old Kante that we know and love, ferreting around, getting forward, beating people, laying off balls. You know, retrieving, you know, winning back the ball. I mean, he was all over the place. I thought, I thought they were exceptional, Darren. I have to say. Yeah, no, I agree. I I think we were great in midfield. Um, but I also was happy when Ruben Loftus-Cheek went into Jorginho's position with, because I just think that he is better there than he is at wide. But, oh yeah, I think you can't fault Jorginho apart from trying to walk the ball out. And that's the thing we've mentioned about the foul in the build-up to the goal. You've mentioned about Rich Olsen, but Jorginho, why he was trying to walk the ball out from there. We we do it a lot, and we normally it's what get he away does, with mate. It. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. It's what he does, you know. But it, it's always got that danger of backfiring, as it did yesterday. And that was the biggest thing out of anything that happened. Is he could have just whacked it out into touch. I know. But whacked he, up the pitch. He won't do it. He'll live by the sword and die by it. And he and he did die by it. It's very interesting, isn't it? I, I do you know what? I have you totally right about the changes. I thought. I thought. I thought he made some very, very interesting subs 
you know i thought the uh bringing on aspie for for Jorginho, i mean at the time i was thinking i wonder if he's taken Jorginho off because he's given a goal away and he's got the hunt with him um but actually i thought tactically it was really really good because you're right aspie can play right center back james uh you know he's much better as a wing back but actually you're right it was loftus cheek coming into the midfield with kante it worked there's no doubt about that and i mean i know he 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 did play loftus loftus cheek quite a lot didn't he uh, as one of the two in midfield last season so clearly i think maybe he's seeing cheek and maybe that you know it's really kind of ironic because we've been saying for the last 3 or 4 years thing about loftus cheek we know there's this great player in there somewhere but we don't quite know where he should play because he can play like a lot of chelsea's younger players in so many different positions maybe tuchel's using that as an advantage i can play him as a right wing back i can play him as a number 10 i can play him as a more defensive midfielder a six which is what he likes to call it maybe actually jk loftus cheeks uh jack of jack of all trades master of one but it might work well it didn't work last year so um uh perhaps he's seen something or perhaps he's stepped up a level confidence maybe yeah well he's the kind of player he so needs an arm around him doesn't he he's that kind of a player Completely. completely. Bit, bit like me and the way I run the fan cast. I'm always very lovely to you all, you know. Yeah, not. No. <laughs> Your faces. If only this was on telly, you could see the absolute shock I'm and chewing, horror. I'm chewing face. a wasp, everybody. <laughs> You're very unkind to me. You know how much I love you all. Oh, um, sweet. But yeah, you know, I think I think maybe there's some future in there. The other thing, of course, which we should mention, which worries the shit out of me in some respects, of course, is poor old Conte going down... Uh, oh. injured with nobody around him so he's clearly done his hammy again so having yeah. having for 70 odd minutes been back to prime Kante which we've missed so much when when he, when he you have prime Kante he's one of the best midfielders in the world and we look like a world beating team when he's not at it because he's carrying an injury it's completely different and he's injured again after two games and it's just like fuck now we're, we're you know having been over subscribed in midfield now we're kind of well. Kovacic is injured, Kante's injured, and, and I'm thinking, well, maybe we should be worried. But what? 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 I, what I, ironically, I was saying this before Conte got injured, wasn't I, Dazza? But I say, you know, we've got to find a way to get Gallagher in the team. You know, he's a good player; he can get back and tackle, he can get forward and score goals. Blah 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 blah. And what happens? Yeah. Kante gets injured, and he does bring Gallagher on. And I thought he did all right. Yeah, I think he did. I loved his tackling. I like when he was going forwards. Um, he There's a wonderful looks... enthusiasm about him, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, there is, and he's very confident as well. He he knows what he's doing out there. He he knows that he should be part of that team. Um, he wasn't phased whatsoever by any of it. Um, yeah, he had a really good time challenge when he was going forwards. He looked comfortable. Um, yeah, really good. I was. It's funny enough. It was literally about a minute after Chidge was saying it'd be good to get Gallagher on. Obviously, he didn't want it to be um, for. Kante getting injured but you were saying it'd be great to see Gallagher out there and then literally within a minute there he was he, he, he passed that pass he gave to Mount on the when there were the mm. three of them up and he actually should have had a shot himself Gallagher I don't agree you don't agree you no. think you should have passed it better we talked about this because we had a, we had a really good view of it because we were in a line but there he were was, people in front of him no there? no he was half a yard behind him if he'd have had a but shot the pass, at the, the pass itself, you mean was half a yard? No, no. Well, no. The, maybe you could argue the pass wasn't good enough, but the position right. that he was in, yeah. he was stretching for it. It would have gone mm. miles over the top. And I said to Darren at the time, I said that's really good play because he realised that and passed it instead. But he passed yeah. it slightly behind. Um, I know. 
Yeah, but the pass to Gallagher as well was it wasn't for him to run onto either. So yeah, I I think Gallagher did the right thing. Obviously in hindsight, because um we didn't score from it, you think maybe he was better shooting himself, but yeah, I don't quite think it was in the right position for Gallagher to hit it himself. Yes, he's just so good at getting the ball in from strange angles. That's what he he did at Palace, that's why I was hoping, because the number of times you thought, how's he got a shot of, shot off from there? He manages yeah. to wriggle his body round. He angles his body to get get the uh, get the the shot off. But yeah, I agree. It was a real shame actually because it was a decent chance. Um, I don't think the Pulisic did much though. I'm afraid who he came on. No. who Pulisic came on. Who who's this guy Pulisic? He's a, he's a he's an American bloke. Oh right, who, right, right. Yeah, I think okay. we play occasionally. But, All right, um, okay. By the way, did you find the picture of? Uh, of our new owner, well, the lower percentage um, with the of the shares with the um, um, with the the stars and stripes, slightly odd. Well, okay, because I did talk to Darren, who, of course, as you know, is very much uh, responsible for getting the big crowd surfers and the Matthew Harding end yeah. out. Now, I'm going to go on a limb here, uh, Darren, and I'm not going to involve you in it in case there's any retribution. And yeah. I will caveat this by saying I, I don't actually know who is behind this banner. Normally, the big crowd surfers are funded by various, you know, proper Chelsea fans. I won't mention any names. And they're organised by the likes of... No, no, the big crowd surfers. The big ones. Because they cost a fortune, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a few notable Chelsea fans who, who cough up and donate to these. And they're absolutely brilliant. Dave, as we know runs the operation. Dazza is involved in getting them out there on the match day, which is no mean feat. I am led to believe by sources who I will not reveal that this was perhaps not uh, a fan uh, funded banner, although I don't have, I don't know for a hundred percent. Okay. So this is just conjecture on my part, really, but I have a, I have a source, a rumor that says that this is a club funded banner, which is why it looked absolutely shit. (laughs) <laughs> because, frankly, it looked like an abortion of uh, a United States flag, the Stars and Stripes, with the Chelsea uh, logo where the stars are. Uh, and they realised, oh, we can't have... It, you can just imagine the marketing department going through this in the meeting. Remember that programme W1 and the thick of it? I imagine Chelsea marketing meetings to be very much like that, full of wank words. And uh, oh, well, we got to have, we, yeah, we we have the we lose the stars, we lose the stars. We put the Chelsea logo in the left hand corner, be like an American flag, and we have the stripes, and we have the you know the red, white, and oh oh, we can't have red stripes because this is Chelsea, and the fans will hate that because they all hate red. So I'll tell you what, we'll have blue and white stripes, and that'll be fine because those are Chelsea colours, and then we'll have Todd Bowley on the right looking cool. There you go, brilliant banner. Yeah, if you support Brighton or Sheffield. Wednesday, it's a great flag. I thought it was fucking pony, mate. I've got to be honest. Now I'm going to find out it was a fan who bloody invested. Yeah, in it. I'm going to look I like told... a right cock, but whatever. And I did tell you yesterday that I would try and find out who designed it, who paid for everything, but um, and I haven't done so yet. But yeah, I I don't know who did. Um, I I don't know. I know Dave had some of his own ideas about what we could have done what we um, should have been doing. So, yeah, I don't actually know. I need to actually clarify with him to see uh, what happened compared to what he would have liked well, instead. Okay, my get-out clause is, if this was indeed a, as usual, fan-funded, thought-of uh, banner, or even DJ himself, obviously it's a wonderful banner, and I completely love it. <laughs> if it was a club-funded initiative, 
I think it's fucking shit. Okay, so there you go. I am that much of a hypocrite. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought the shed ends uh, banner was great, but I know about that because I, I I had a Richard showed it to me when he was designing it, and I said, yeah, that's great, mate. Although it's upset Russ from Melbourne. Chelsea because of course he's got great t-shirts with the same design on of course which I have one because Russ very kindly gave me his t-shirt when we won the European Cup again so I mean Russ you can hardly claim copyright on a madness thing but I can understand why you're upset mate anyway I thought the shed ends display was really really good I'm very upset that uh, my uh, sorry our uh, Kerry Dixon Chelsea fancast banner has gone AWOL Uh, I'm investigating As, as has the Dave one as has the Dave one Oh, I didn't know that. So and the Dave, the Zola, and the Kerry banners have all gone AWOL. What's the common thread here, JK? Um, past player. No, but Dave no, is a current no, player. No, no, that's not. don't think players. Who made the banners? Um, Brian. Yeah. So there we go. Something. I need to get hold of Brian and find out why they hate him. So there you go. Brian, I love you. You know that. We we ha- we message all the time. But anyway, yeah, a bit of spoil- I commented on that yesterday, Chidge. You two really do message <laughs> well, no, all Brie, the time. Yeah, Darren Nagy saw find, the WhatsApp, so that's right. Chidge was trying to find a message from Brian, <laughs> and it was literally the day before, <laughs> and it took ages to find the message because of how much they can message each He's other. He's my buddy, man. I love the guy. He's going to come over. I've invited him down to Winchester so he can see some more of Britain rather than Stamford Bridge. He said, yeah, yeah man, I'd love that. Was it Brentford? I can't remember yeah. what game it was over for now. But yeah, I, I remember meeting him. who were in the King's head. Not yeah. the King's arms. I think the King's head. Right. After the, um, whatever match it was. Um, yeah, it was good to um, meet him, have a few beers with him. Brian is an absolute top, top draw bloke. I'm sure it will figure it out and we'll get the banners back up there. But what I can yeah. tell you is that the, the, the we've we've uh, modified um, the, uh, the Kerry Dixon banner because I, I've noticed that one, it wasn't big enough. Uh, and two, so, you know, it just was too hard to really see it, I felt, when we were there or on the telly, which is kind of the main point. Because this is the point, you know, one thing I learned about doing the Kerry banner, which if you remember JK, maybe even Darren was around in those days, but we got, you know, everybody who was on the Patreon account, they kind of, you know, that the money that I get on the Patreon, it went towards making these banners. And people from the States, particularly, who can't get to games, Australia, States, wherever, you know, see that banner occasionally when it's on the TV and they feel really connected. They feel really yeah, part yeah. of it, you know. It's massively Absolutely. important to these guys abroad. It makes them feel connected and part of what's happening when we organise stuff like this kind of on their behalf. So I was a bit upset not to see it. But anyway, yeah, it's not big enough, so it's going to be bigger. And I've kind of highlighted the 193, so that stands out a lot more. I think it may be they're being upgraded. I think the ASPI one is going to be upgraded. I think that may be the reason. Yeah, but they've done it. They've done it already. Yeah, they're all done. They're ready to go. So I, I will investigate on your behalf, people. I'm sure it'll all be fine. I mean, the bottom line is, Dazza, um, other than seeing you and having the pleasure of sitting next to you at a football match, funnily enough, I know I'm waffling on a bit here, but I, I was telling somebody this story the other week, which, of course, involved you, um, about when I, when it, you know, when I, when I, the doctor thought I might have a, um, what do they call an aneurysm. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, and I, we went to the Juve game at home. We were sitting in the West Upper, funny enough, yes, where, where the we West, were. the posh West view seats are now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they let us up there for some reason, and uh, and I and I said this to you five minutes before kickoff. I said, Darren, I'm not really allowed to like celebrate much because the doctor thinks I might have an aneurysm and my 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 brain or head might literally explode. So I've got to be quite calm. And 15 minutes later, Oscar puts that world in, and yeah. I jumped up 10 feet in the air going absolutely mental. And Darren looks around and goes, don't do that, your head will explode. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen his little face. 
I remember how much. That's partly remember. I think Oscar scored both our goals because of how much you kept shouting about him, like all game and everything. Mm. But yeah, I remember it well. Best game he ever had. Yeah, yeah, that's Probably it. True. It's a brilliant goal, all downhill from there. But the atmosphere was fantastic yesterday, Dazza. I thought. I thought the crowd yeah. were loud, well up for it. It was really good to hear, particularly when we were calling Taylor a Conte. Yeah, it was. Um, I wasn't quite sure if the lady next to us with the daughter if she minded or not that everyone was obviously swearing quite excessively throughout. Well, we weren't. We were quite calm, I thought. The lads behind us never no. are calm. You, you were not calm, Jidge. Was I not calm? Definitely Oh, not. dear. <laughs> I don't know if she... I thought I, I was. I thought she... I was calm. <laughs> you apologise after each swear word, Jidge. I didn't swear that much. I didn't... I think... No, I don't, don't think I... I had one outburst at Taylor. Yeah, you didn't really have many outbursts. But okay. You were joining in with the songs well, with yeah, quite but... a lot of venom. So, you know, she was looking over a, a little bit because of it. But um, Well, I mean, you know, I, gonna... I can blame that on the rest of the crowd, can't I, really? I'm not so, I'm not solely responsible no, for no, 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 no. Taylor, not... Taylor, you're a content. Yeah. If you're going to bring your five-year-old daughter to a game yeah. against Spurs, you should expect that sort of I thing. Know. So it was a great atmosphere. From the off, it was a great atmosphere. And then Kula Bali's goal, obviously... Lifted things as well, and then when it got heated, it also made it fun. So, yeah, the the whole game, I really enjoyed um, how vocal the support was, one way or another. Um, from our side, I thought, yeah, we were fantastic. Well, um, I can tell you now that when Reese James put that goal in, uh, we Darren and I celebrated incredibly exuberantly, so much so that Darren hugged me in a big man bear hug and started thumping me. <laughs> on my on my shoulder, thankfully, because I've been swimming for about two years, I I have muscles in my upper arm that I never used to have, so I could I could like you know, absorb the high velocity of Darren punching me really hard in the arm. But when James did put the goal, I celebrated so you know violently myself that I bit my lip, and it's hurting like buggery tonight. But there you go. What can you say? It was. I great. had a big hug from Alex when we did scored. You? The second oh, goal. I'm jealous. I love a big hug from Alex. She gives great hugs, Alex. Actually, she's a good hugger. Very good. He's a very good hugger. Um, listen, just a very just to wrap this, the, you know, the football chat up. Really, it would be very remiss and rude of me to uh, ignore the wonderful people in in Discord who, uh, you know, I haven't done a celery moment or a or a Guinness moment or any of that uh, malarkey peeps, and I'm very sorry about that. Um, they, I mean, you know, they've got they've gone for quite off, you know, the usual suspects, uh, you know, the various chants and things and. And Tuchel and Conte getting at it and all of that kind of stuff, which is very predictable Guinness moment. Somebody liked your, uh, you know, uh, sliding tackle by Bally actually. Mr. Spock liked that, uh, JK, um, and various crosses. And Daryl liked uh, Cheek uh, doing a few passing and spinning movements and all of that. But the man of the match, which, of course, is the blue ribbon thing, we've basically got uh, mainly um, what we would have been saying, Bally. Uh, Bali, Cooley Bali, uh, Jorginho getting some good shouts, Kante's getting some good shouts, and in fact, Mr. Spock kind of nailed what everybody's saying here. Cooley Bali, James, Kante. Uh, out of those three, what would you pick, Darren? It's hard. Or anybody else, this. mate. You can choose. I don't want to say, I don't want to just do what Sky Sports and say Cooley Bali because of his gold as well, but um. Or James for that reason as well. Um, yeah, maybe Kante. Mm. Probably Kante. But it's, it, we played so well, you're spoiled for choice really, aren't you? Yeah. I would go James myself. I think he was my man of the match. I thought he was just 
at his best, and at his best, he's a beast. J.K. Koulibaly, yeah, James I or Conte. I agree with. I thought Koulibaly was wonderful. Yeah. I thought um, uh, uh, Conte was wonderful, but I think I give it to James, who's completely brilliant. Yeah, I ain't going to argue with that. All right, people, just a very quick shout uh, for the Chelsea pitch owners. If you want to own a piece of Chelsea, then you need to get yourself a CPO share. Owning a share means you've got a share of the freehold of the stadium and it protects it from being sold to a property developer in the future, thus ensuring that football is played at Stamford Bridge, its spiritual home forever. Uh, Shares are priced between 110 quid for an electronic share, up to about 173 quid for a framed share signed by a Chelsea player. Just go to the Chelsea website and search for Chelsea pitch owners. Always a good time to buy a CPO share, by the way. Now, there's never been a more important time to join the Supporters Trust. This one's especially going out for Darren, of course. Uh, And uh, membership is only five quid a year. Uh, And, of course, you get to have a say on all the important issues that you know and love. Ticket prices, kickoff times, Super Leagues, if they come back again, and all sorts of other stuff as well. We've got an AGM coming up at the uh, end of September, so keep posted for that. Uh, You get, if you want, to uh, put forward motions which get adopted as policy if they're agreed to at the AGM. And, of course, shortly following that, there's an election uh, where you get to... Uh, you can stand yourself. If you want to stand yourself, get in touch because uh, we're always looking for new people. New blood, younger blood, always welcome. Um, but, yeah, we'll have elections at the same time as well. And you get to democratically vote, just like they do in the People's Democratic Republic of Congo. Isn't that right, uh, Darren? And if you don't like singer beer, then join as well because Neil Beard is infuriated they're still singer beer. So oh, just man, join just it. to help Neil Beard and his crusade to get rid man, of singer Haven't they got a, a year's contract with them, though? Isn't that what it is? Yeah, they're not going anywhere soon, but uh, I wish they would. Uh, so there you go. Uh, ChelseaSupportersTrust.com. Sign up today. As I said, uh, if you do that, you'll get a, a lovely Supporters Trust badge. We will be back in a very short space of time to read lots of your emails. Do not go away. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy. And you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I am, of course, Stanford Chidge. Uh, we're into part three, which is uh, wonderful fun. I'm having a lot of fun tonight, uh, not least because we've got the absolutely brilliant Dazza Mental Mantle back on the show for the first time in years. It's been lovely yes. having him on the show. Darren, great to see you, mate. Yeah, likewise. Great to see both of you. So, yeah, thanks for having me back on. Yeah, and of course, the uh, other, uh, the uh, the hinge Rep to my bracket, bank. the wise to my Morecambe. Uh, the cannon to your ball. The cannon to my ball, that's it. it set you up beautifully for that. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Jonathan Kide! Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> Never Kide. Never Kide. Never there you go. So it's all been good fun tonight. Now, uh, right, we've got emails, JK. Uh, Darren's going to Darren's uh, uh, volunteered to read some emails, which is brilliant. Oh, Darren, good for you. He's going to read three and four, and when you come to three and four, you'll know why. Anyway, so okay. you get the first one, then me the second one. James Richard. Uh, evening, gang. Effing lovely to be listening to you all again now the season has started again. This is an email following the discussion regarding... Not quick enough, JK. Not enough gag. Must be clear. I'm sorry. Yeah, you may not agree with me in my opinion whether it's right or wrong. Since Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, Chelsea have only had three 
out and out decent strikers. Well, Jimmy, as we've discussed, was completely phenomenal. Um, number one, King Emperor, Overlord, Utter Fucking God, DDA Drogba, Diego Costa, and Nicholas Anelka. I think oh, um, um I would say um just nipping in there that I think uh Hernan Crespo was uh um, somebody you can include because um, and you can include Ida as well but he dropped deeper in the early Jose years yes he did he was great as well considering the trophies we've won since Jimmy FH left to the present day that's actually quite remarkable I agree with Jonathan <laughs> Timo Werner had chance after chance to prove himself at Chelsea but one thing I'll say about him is the effort levels and body language were nine, nine out of ten times usually positive other than when he went in I think was he played more and more he seemed to avoid challenges which I found very peculiar anyway looking back we've had plenty of other forwards who failed at our club that showed shit movement shit body language and shit effort levels um, Lukaku and coasted along and received winners medals not regardless of well, you got a couple didn't you regardless of their contribution the season we played behind closed doors I can recall Timo having a fair amount of goals ruled offside some by a mosquito's pube <laughs> or a, a gnat's Cock. Arse, arse hair. The goal he had disallowed at Anfield, he had disallowed at Anfield for pointing where he was running, wanted the ball and he broke away on the halfway line, was VAR at its worst. He put the fear of God into Liverpool that night due to his willingness to run and his frightening pace, even though the majority of the time he couldn't trap a bag of cement <laughs> or finish like Ron Jeremy. Oh, it's a pornographic reference. Oh, who, 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 I don't know. I wouldn't know who that was. No, no I, I'll, I'll explain to you, Chidge, when okay. we're off. All right, all right, all right. It, I've got a few pictures I could show. No, I don't. <laughs> you be, have you been? You've been in a few films with him, haven't you? And uh, I'd love to. Or have you, been. were you his? Or were you his fluffer? I'd love to have been his fluffer. I'd love. To <laughs> <laughs> he may not have set the world alight at the bridge, but I respect the fact he never stopped trying while he played for us compared to some other players I won't mention. His goal against Real Madrid in the semis of the Champions League was so important and kind of reminded me of Torres's goal versus Barca in the semis. In 2012, in, in, uh, in, 2012, in terms of two struggling strikers in different decades, coming up with the goods regardless of how we were playing at the time. Both strikers didn't hit it off at Chelsea, but both scored two of the goals that sent us on our way to European glory. I personally feel that although Werner's time with us wasn't a success, he tried harder than most strikers we've had in the last 20 years. And that's the minimum I expect from someone who plays for the club I love. It's just a shame the fucker seems to score for fun for Germany and didn't for us. Hope we smash the granny out of Spurs on Sunday. I look forward to hearing you guys later this week. James Richards. Interesting. Timo was at the game. Did you see I that? I know. Brilliant. What I mean, I, I mean, how about? can you not love this guy? He might, he might not have been good about? enough, but yeah. well, he's, he's, he loves Chelsea, mate. They all do. He'd... They come yeah, here did... and they fall in love with us and the place, mate. Every time. Oh, well, sweet, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I slightly disagree with them. Um, I, 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 it just didn't work for him for whatever. I, I, it was pretty obvious. What I find difficult is that we watch the games and we think this isn't working. And people find things to be positive about because they want them to succeed, which is great. And I like that. It's a likeable uh, guy, though, really. Yeah, very like. I agree. Very likeable. You know. But... The I mean, sort of butt in, but his ball of control was awful. I know, it? I know, like a Jack Terror, Jack Russell chasing a balloon. Yeah, I know, but you know, uh, give me a Timo Werner any day of the week rather than that complete arsewipe Maratta, for example. Yeah, yeah. or Pig Wayne, or yeah. a litany of other useless. I mean, I like Torres because 
Torres was going through mental and physical turmoil the entire time he played at Chelsea. And yet he gave 100% every game. You know, and I, I you've got to love people like that, you know, and, and I'm the same with Timo, you know. It, I mean, it must have been, I mean, God, you and I have no idea how awful it must be to be, you know, clearly a good footballer once upon a time and then to come to a place and you just lose it totally. And it must be awful mentally. But he, he, he didn't get down. He didn't, like, chuck it in. He didn't, I mean, okay, I know he whelped out of a few tackles towards the end. I, I You know, I, I we talked about that, but... Basically, a likable guy. He's clearly a good guy. And I thought he was very self-deprecating in his interviews and quite funny too. And he had that slightly lispy German accent which used to tickle me. So, Timo Werner, I like you. You're my kind of guy. Anyway. But no, two managers couldn't get the best out of him. Yeah, he always tried. It was great that he always tried. But, you know, it isn't enough just to do that. And I know. People like Shevchenko would always bow to the I crowd know. when everyone sing his name and things. And we've just... We have had... I mean, I wouldn't... Who was the third one? I can't remember. So I wouldn't. I don't agree with there being a third one on the list. Anelka. He said Jogba, Costa, and Anelka. Um, I, I, I liked Anelka, but I don't really think his position for us was as an out-and-out striker. I think he was normally supporting. Well, he may he got the golden boot nearly, didn't he? Or maybe he did one year. So did I, yeah. I thought he was a fabulous player. Yeah, he was. I liked. Yeah, I did like him, okay. but I wouldn't yeah. stick him on the list. All right. Okay. Great email, James. Really enjoyed that. Now here's an absolute top top banana of an email uh, this is from george spencer dear chidge jk and the others i've started listening to the podcast in earnest and have really uh, enjoyed the 50 years series at the time of typing this email my most recent episode was the 2001 two season uh hang on i've got four, oh no for, oh that's right for years right. i scrubbed that semi-final from my mind and as far as i was concerned we'd lost to newcastle on penalties in the corn in the quarterfinals, uh, it did teach me, however, that he who laughs last laughs longest. My school mini dust must driver was a Spurs fan, and he went from crowing to eating crow. Uh, hopefully, the arse of a crow in the space of two months. Uh, I'm also wondering if Chidge would be interested in coming down to watch the other love of my life, Winchester City. That's right, because I remember this. George, uh, he's a fellow Winchester boy. Anyway, either in the FA Cup if they get a home tie in the first or second qualifying round when Chelsea play on Sunday or for their home game against Hendon on the 24th when there's an international break. It's only £11 to get in and you're allowed to drink outside. Uh, Keep the Guinness flowing even though I rarely drink. Let's hope the mood is good on Monday's episode and up the Chelsea. P.S. Uh, the anecdote about being surrounded by moaning Arsenal fans during the twenty uh, the 2002 Cup final reminded me of watching Frank's first game in charge in Alfie's in Winchester. I was in cl- close proximity to a United fan who also moaned until the first goal went in and then continued to moan throughout the rest of the match. George, how lovely to hear from you. You and I need to have a beer in Winchester, whether or not I go to Winchester City or not. And actually, I would love to... Uh, divorce proceedings uh, dependent what I can tell you <clears throat> is on the, on the 24th of September that is the day of the CST AGM so I doubt I'll be able to make that one but I, I'm up for that because they're a really good side Winchester City they, they're, they're, you know I remember they got to a, a, one of those kind of amateurish uh, finals a few years ago up in Birmingham I had a couple of mates who went up there so yeah I'd be well up for that and uh, yeah and I'd be up for a drink with you anyway just get in touch mate you got my email just Ping me an email. We'll we'll have a beer, or a, if it's a Sunday, or if it's an away match, and uh, they're showing it somewhere in town, I'd happily come and watch uh, a Chelsea game 
on the telly with you and we can have a few drinks and have a bit of a laugh. So, George, get in touch. It'd be lovely to hear from you. So there you go. Right. Uh, Darren, I believe you have the next email and, and the one after that, actually, as it happens. Well, this is a very long one to begin with. Email three from Daniel. Is it Daniel Cabral? Is that yeah, is, Daniel, is it? Daniel Cabral. Antonio Conte. <laughs> He's got that right. <laughs> So appropriate that you got that one as well. Uh, and, I'm uh, glad I did. Well, but I do defend him for his passion. I know, so, um, I know, I know, I know. But he was a bit of a cunte on Sunday. Uh, on the pitch, but he wasn't trying to ride up the fans like Mourinho would have done. No, so no, I, no, I'm no. To I, no it. I, I, he was great. I mean, I've got a, I've got a picture I'd uh, taken with him a few years back. So there you go. Anyway. I've got a good one of him as well, yeah, me and him. Because yeah. um, when we won the league... He was going around the whole Matthew Odding lower and hugging everyone in the front yeah. row, and I was leaning over and everything. So, yeah, yeah like I say, I always loved his passion. Uh, always loved I liked him because he's quite short like me. So I look a lot better in that photograph than the one that was taken with me and JT, where I look like a, an action man doll. <laughs> JT is so big, and I was so short. And I also love Eden Hazard because he is the same height as me. So, again, I look like a normal hu- human being rather than... Uh, you know, a pygmy like I did with J- JT. But there you go. We digress, Darren, because we've got an- another email from the lovely Valky. Friend of the show. Yes. Friend of the show, friend of mine as well. Valky's one of my longest-serving Chelsea mates. I've known him for over 15 years. Um, we've uh, been to ways together as well. So, Adam Valkat, um, I love your show, and I'm honoured hearing you read out previous emails of mine. Still difficult for the ladies to find my Chelsea badge collection attractive, it seems, on theleftback.co.uk. Um, I don't know if this is true. In my mind, he's got the biggest Chelsea badge collection. He's got over 2,000, maybe over 3,000, but um, it's somewhere in that ballpark. All true, all true. A short one this time regarding the advantage rule. Havertz was awarded advantage following a niggly foul that slowed his run forwards and then was fairly tackled by the same player two seconds later. Having stolen the ball, Tottenham equalised from the counter-attack. Surely it is time we allowed more time to see if the advantage works out. Would this not also add to exciting play? Chelsea is a side that has tended not to look for a foul to waste time when attacking, so why this punishment? It was noticeable that not a single Spuds player received a yellow card, not even for diving into their fans on the equaliser, which is also a good point about what you said earlier about Reese James when that guy said that Reese James had got his second booking for his celebration, when obviously the Spurs celebration at the end was a lot, um, a lot more than should be booked for that. When the referee awards an advantage, does he remember the accumulated amounts of fouls carried out by individual players, or does he wipe them from his mind? Let's clean this rule up. We played great, but the usual lack of decisiveness in front of goal is what irks. Have a great season, and we'll look forward to listening to your show on my cycles into work. Best wishes, Adam Avalki Valchak. Always good to hear from Adam. Adam, lovely to hear from you, my mate. I hope hopefully I'll see you at the store. Occasionally I see Adam at the stall, actually, for a game. Top lad, top lad. The, 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 it's, it, the, I'm sorry to say they're laws. They're all laws. Referees get really upset. They're not rules, they're laws. They're they're this laws. is true. I am the um, law. But when he says when the referee awards an advantage, does he remember the accumulated amount of fouls carried out by individual players or does he wipe them from his mind? Of course, he's supposed to remember the accumulated amount of fouls. But they can't but add up more than three. And clearly, they're, they're, once again, it's down to the referee. It's not written in the, the law. But if a player keeps fouling, of course, he should be then carded. That's exactly what 
referees are supposed to do. They make an assessment on the on the type of fouls, whether it's serious foul play or whatever kind of fouling it is, or whether it's it's a professional foul. But they they should be aware in their heads who is doing the fouling and then give card them accordingly. In rugby, the referee, as Oliver did in that United game a few years ago, and nothing ever happened after that, um, you say um, to the opposition, there are too many fouls going on. The next foul is a yellow card is a, and you're off in the sin bin. And that's what should happen in football. You, they should, shouldn't be a question of accumulation. It should be you're all fouling serially. The next foul, one of you goes. Well, like, you like Michael Oliver did a few years ago with Herrera. 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 Yeah. So um, uh, once again, you know, we're in a world of idiocy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and obviously Valky agrees with your point about that, that, yeah, they do seem to have very short-term memories sometimes. And there was a couple of players, I don't think just one, that made quite a few fouls and never got penalised for doing so. Mm, there you go. Right, we've got... Uh, we've got uh, all the, they're all flooding back, all of our favourite people, JK. We've got one from Alan, Alan Gavron. Aussie signed my broken leg. Dear Chidge, JK and the gang, just a quickie. Oh, whoa, say, whoa. just a, a quickie after today's game. Ooh, uh, he's written. Ooh, he, he anticipated our ooh-erring, didn't he? He did. What a great performance by the, the whole team from TT downwards. The energy committed and significant amount of needle was fantastic. Was that Ruben's best game for us? How brilliant is Koulibaly? How have we managed to get the best two most experienced centre-backs in the business? Sterling turned in a great performance leading the line. Mount was excellent. Havertz was suitably non-silky as the hair puller. Rom Romero can testify. Jorginho is surely one of the most street-smart footballers in the game right now. Even Anthony Effing Taylor excelled himself, robbing us again. However, today I want to talk about the wonderful Marcus Alonso on the assumption that he's played his last game for us before departing to gamble with any prospect of ever being paid again at his new club. Marcus is the top scoring defender in the Premier League over the last six years that he's played in this country. He has almost won every trophy there is with us. Who the hell cares about the Carabao Cup anyway? And he hates Spurs and has the best hair. It's a tragedy to lose Marcus, but I think we may have replaced one beautifully coiffured Spaniard who runs up and down the wing for another. The pain of losing Marcus will surely be partially offset by gaining the apparently brilliant Mark Cucarea, who was fantastic yesterday. I agree completely. His energy and athleticism is truly magnificent to behold, and he has fitted in so well already that Chile B must be a tiny bit worried. I think what he's playing for tonight, isn't he, Chilwell? Well, he's playing for the development squad tonight at Kings Meadow because they're obviously worried about him as well, I think. I will be devastated to lose Marcus, and speaking as a baldy, his hair will never be beaten. But the addition of Mark Cucarella is certainly making this loss easier to bear. If not if not the loss of the hair, Alan. Yes. Alan Gavarin, Aussie sign my broken leg, at Rootless Cosmo. Brilliant. That's terrific. In fact, uh, we, we, I echo everything he said there. I think... Um, I think uh, uh, I, I've really enjoyed having Marcus in the side. I just think he's the fact he never really put, put down a marker for the position and was in and out was was an unfortunate problem with his lack of pace in defence. But as a as a wing back and as a, a a brilliant striker of the ball, he will be high up there in my in the um, in the canon of uh, the canon and ball. In well, fact. In the uh, in the whole aspect of of players playing for Chelsea in the last few years, I think he was he had a brilliant shot, brilliant free kicks, brilliant ability to volley, and uh, I mean a really terrific player. Well, you know, in in thirty years' time, J.K., when you are you are you and I are doing fifty more years of Chelsea, 
you know, we will be looking back very fondly on Marcus Alonso, I think. I, I, I love the guy. I tell you what, I don't know if I've told you this before. I mean, it's not, you know, uh, private stuff or people, people already know this. But when we did a sleep out a few years ago for the trust and we wanted a few ex-players to do little videos, there was, I think there was one lad who was sleeping out who might have been disabled or something. You know, he was going through a big, big effort. We we got hold of the club and said, have you got anybody available? And they literally, we don't know, and they they basically got hold of Marcus Alonso and he did it immediately. Little piece of camera on his phone, boom. I mean, you know, they don't have to do this shit. And I just, he's just a quality guy. Some of these, some of these Chelsea players are great human beings as well as footballers. And uh, in spite of what Spurs fans constantly jibe him for, Marcus Alonso is a great human being, as well as having beautiful hair, which is way more important. As I he know. runs down the wing for me. He does, and for me. Uh, right, I'm going to read this one out. It's uh, from Neil. I don't know why. When I see Neil Spencer's name, in it, I want to. I want to say Doctor Neil Spencer. Neil, you've got a name that's crying out for Doctor Neil Spencer in front of it. But I'm going to call you the Doctor from now on. Right, dearest Chief JK and the absolutely outstanding Tony Glover. Neil, very sorry, we don't have the outstanding. Of course, Tony, like me, has outstandingly beautiful hair. But I'm afraid he is not with us tonight because he is lost in France. Well, actually, he got back late last night and I gave him the night off because I knew Darren was going to be here and blah, 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 blah. But uh, I'm sure was he'll that be... that Carol, Carol Decker song? I'm sorry, wasn't it? No, lost Bonnie Tyler, Tyler, mate. Bonnie Tyler, right. Bonnie yes. Tyler was lost in France. And I can't remember the rest. Anyway, it's a well-known fact, not a chidge fact, a well-known fact that the gargantuan tosspot Taylor is a massive Chelsea fan, just as Ukraine are massive fans of Putin. And whilst that's not the greatest analogy in the history of analogies, this could have been written by me, uh, Neil. This is quite funny. He was about as blatant with his deliberate lack of decision-making as Russia's being invaded, their, uh, been invading their neighbour. All of us, I have no doubt, are totally disgusted. One wonders when or if the FA will ever look at these crimes against football and take any action. Yeah, no need to answer that. I totally agree. Now, what I would say, of course, is that Russia and Putin invading Ukraine uh, pales into insignificance of awfulness compared to uh, the crimes of Anthony Taylor, just to put that on the record. Uh, but I get where you're coming from. But let's be positive for the moment. Uh, our beloved team were outstanding in all departments. We are, apparently, three or four weeks behind everybody else. Allegedly, we need three or four more top-class players. And yet, and yet, we destroyed the Spuds again, who'd been lauded last week for looking like being a top-two disruptor, having beaten the mighty relegation-hunted or haunted Southampton and their aloof German manager. Actually, let me amend that. We do need two or three top-class players. There's no allegedly about it. And we are behind, as when I saw Chelsea and Charlotte and then Orlando, we looked pretty gutless and, to be honest, totally shagged out. Though, to be fair, as I sat in the brutally humid stands drinking watered-down American piss, I was knackered too. Back to the point. We were so much better than that at Goodison last week that I was honestly amazed. And when we start zipping the passes around, we look as good as anyone almost and imagine if we had a poacher good lord maybe we get some of that bollocky scouse love that the media hand out every time they manage a win so bloody well done chelsea and well done tommy t also not just for a bit of silent entertainment but what a great interview afterwards spot on in every way as i say every time i write to you boys and girl i love the job that you do as a distant chelsea lifer who's lived in this crazy dangerous country usa for a couple of decades now Please keep transporting us all into the boozers and down the Fulham Road. Let me smell the horse shit and the fried onions with you. And as always, up the Chelsea!
<laughs> Connecticut Neil, or should I say Connecticut Neil? Uh, they, brilliant. That was a great email. Great fun, that one. Um, Darren, would you like to do another one? Yeah, uh, Kevin. I'll read Kevin's email out. Hi, Chidge, JK, and underpaid, esteemed <laughs> guests. That's certainly true, Kevin. Yes, very, very, very much so, Underpaid? Kevin. Not in the least bit paid. <laughs> Ever. Never. They're, we don't even get this free lot, beer. This lot are worse paid than Barcelona players, mate. Yeah, you used to, 10 years ago, you'd apply with alcohol for the show. Now you don't even do that for us. So. Yeah, thanks, COVID. <laughs> I've been listening for well over a decade now, have considered writing after every episode. The catalyst for this long overdue mail is to add my voice to a roar of disappointment at the embarrassment that is the English FA referees and establishments. A complete embarrassment and feels like a helpless situation. Wanted to get your opinion if there is anything the Chelsea Supporters Trust can do. <laughs> Perhaps organising a joint movement with other club supporters groups. As heartbreaking as it was, very proud of the lads. Seemed like they all truly bled blue today. Reese is a beast. Seems we are singing, signing sorry, a lot of generational talent every couple of years. Feel that tag is what he deserves. Closest we have had to world class. Also, Phil Havertz uh, made a real impact despite... A lot of criticism lately. I doubt he came here wanting to live up to our expectations of being an in-and-out number nine, but he keeps putting in his shifts wherever the manager asks, I feel. Lastly, a huge, genuine Minnesota nice. <laughs> Thank you for all you do. I've been a lifelong Chelsea supporter, and your show has always been a rock in my relations with the club being in the States. There are a lot of shows out there supporting Chelsea, and I'm not trying to put any of them down. However, I must say, what makes your show different is that when I listen, it feels like I'm in a pub with my friends. Every other show, I feel like I'm only getting the content to be sold an anti-wrinkle cream and antidepressants, not to have a genuine discussion of the club. So thank you for this one-directional international Chelsea family time. P.S. Any oh, chance? Oh, no, I missed it. Oh. oh, no, I didn't see that. I'll tell you what, after the show... Kevin, I will get JK to read it and I will send it to you by email, personally. <laughs> All right? I'm happy to do that. Yeah, here they go, because we're lovely people. Uh, sorry, go carry on, Darren. I, I interrupted you. P.S. Any chance JK can read this one? Probably my only shot at a piece of my writing being written by such a star. Read by such a star, yeah, yeah. Keep the blue flag. That's why you should have been reading it then, John. <laughs> Keep the blue flag flying high, Kevin from Minnesota. Well, I'll tell you what, because we just don't care on this show. Because I'll we, read it again. I'll we, read it. Yeah, do it now. We don't have to. But before <laughs> before you do that, I just want to have a quick mention and a shout out for this great anti-wrinkle cream, which apparently I've heard. Funny, funny enough, if yeah. you if you exactly. rub it on your head, yeah. if you yeah, rub yeah, it on yeah. your head, yeah. it, it stops yeah. you being depressed. And it's only five pounds ninety nine. <laughs> if you go to our Patreon account, I can get you a jar. Of this anti wrinkle 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 wankle wrinkle trick, I get you anti wankle cream too. Anti wankle, like. yeah, anti wankle. <laughs> anti wankle for your winkle. <laughs> That's the slogan, isn't it? Anti wankle for your winkle. Fantastic. If it hurts when you tinkle, get some anti wankle for your winkle. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. In fact, when we get to that bit, we must do the jingle. Could do the you jingle. You don't get that. this on any other podcast. That's for damn sure. <laughs> this one's from Kevin. Who? Um, Ke Kevin. It's from, from Kevin. Uh, Kevin from Minnesota. 
Hi, Chidge, JK, and underpaid esteemed guests. <laughs> That's not very, none of us have, have paid ever. I've been listening for well over a decade now, having considered writing after every episode. The catalyst for this long overdue mail is to add my voice to a roar of disappointment at the embarrassment that is the English FA referees and establishment. A complete embarrassment and feels like a helpless situation. Wanted to get your opinion if there's anything the Chelsea Supporters Trust could do. Perhaps organising a joint movement with other club supporters groups. I mean, personally, what I think should happen, if he does ref again at home in particular, we should just boo him non-stop. An absolute 90 minutes booing. Anyway, as heartbreaking as it was, very proud of the lads. Seems like they all truly bled blue today. Reese is a beast. Seems we're signing a lot of generational talent every couple of years. Um, feel that uh, tag is what he deserves. Closest we have to world class. All agree completely. Wonderful. Also feel Havertz ma um, made a real impact despite a lot of criticism lately. I doubt he came here wanting to live up to our expectations of being an in and out number nine, but he keeps putting in shifts wherever the manager asks, I feel. Lastly, a huge Minnesota nice. Thank you for all you do. I've been a lifelong Chelsea supporter. Your show's always been a rock in my relations with the club being in the States. There are a lot of shows out there supporting Chelsea and I'm not trying to put any of them down. However, I must say what makes your show different is that when I listen, it feels like I'm in the pub with my friends. Every other show, I feel like I'm only getting the, I feel like I'm only getting the content to be sold, um, uh, to be sold an anti-wrinkle cream and antidepressants. Not to have a genuine discussion. Oh, oh, you want? Sorry, you wanted me to do something clever then. Sorry, shit. I, I fucked that one up, didn't I? I was waiting for the. I was waiting for the. Uh, oh, okay. The, fed you the line. Come I'll cut on, this shoot. out. We'll edit this again. So, uh, well, actually, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's yeah, all right. There's already a gap. Right. Sorry. So, yeah, yeah. if it hurts when you tinkle, get yourself some anti wrinkle cream for your winkle. Could it be if, if it hurts when you wankle? No, that. No, no, no. <laughs> you can't edit it now. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, but, um, yeah, um, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Every other show, I feel like I'm only getting the content to be sold an anti-wrinkle cream and antidepressants. I've just done that bit. Not to have a genuine discussion of the club. So thank you for this one directional international Chelsea family time. P.S. Any chance J.K. can read this one? I just did. Probably my only shot at a piece of my writing being read by such a star. Oh, Kevin. Thank you so much. Thank there you. we go. Only Keep on the blue flag flying high. Hang on, I'm finished. Oh, sorry. Kevin from Minnesota. Thank you, Kevin. That was really lovely of you. Thanks. There we go. Only on the Chelsea fancast, Kevin, will we put right our gross error. See, if only Anthony Taylor had the integrity that we do on this show. You know what I'm saying? You know, we correct our mistakes as we yeah, go along. True. Exactly that. Right. Last of all, we've got. Uh, 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 I mentioned Matthew earlier on because Matthew, of course, is a qualified referee and is often putting me to task when I go off on rants. I'm, I suspect I'll get another email next week for being so rude about Anthony Taylor. But hey, Matthew, I can take it. I'm a big guy. Anyway, what? Well, but does he ever object to anything I say? I think we've had a bit of a ding dong with Matthew in the past. Oh, have we? Oh, I can't remember. But he's Sorry, lovely. Matt. He's a lovely, lovely, lovely chap. Anyway, oh, dear Chidge, JK et al. Uh, I wrote, Al? I don't know, we don't, Al, Alex, I suppose. Al, Alex yeah, is the closest yeah. we've got to an, for, to an Al. But she yeah. always says, don't call me Al, as yeah, the song says. Yeah, anyway, I wrote to you. I wrote to you in July, but mistyped the email address. So I'm now only just getting around to writing again. I listened to the four shows for the 2001-2 and 2002-3 towards the end of that, that month, and I wanted to let you know I thought they were a blast, especially 2002-3, which after listening to it, I felt completely validated. Let me explain. 
whilst you're enjoying your first season ticket at Stamford Bridge, I was enjoying my last. It wasn't an easy... Maybe I got your seat, Matthew. There's a thought. Anyway, it wasn't an easy decision, but after the FA Cup defeat to Arsenal, I decided not to renew. Uh, it wasn't an especially rational decision, although it wasn't wrong, and I don't regret it. But there were two main reasons. Claudio Ranieri. I thought he was a truly awful manager. He took over a good squad and frankly, I could have guided us to a fourth place finish with Zola in the team. And I'm with JK on that one, 100%. I could blame him for ruining my experience of supporting my team. And I won't as as time is a great healer, but that is how the younger version of myself felt. The second reason was Arsenal. We just couldn't beat them at all, ever. I only remember the defeat, Canu's hat-trick, Winterburn's late, late goal, and I remember a rare 1-0 victory in the 80s when I think Colin West scored. Of course, who could forget Highbury in August 1984? However, in recent times, or at least back then, we just couldn't beat them, and JK finally acknowledged that that's how Spurs fans must feel. That FA Cup quarter-final was different, though. We were the better team at Highbury, and a 2-2 draw was credible. And I felt we were the better team at home, too, and being 2-0 down wasn't deserved. I recall thinking that if we could just get one, we'd be right back in it, and that would be the springboard for a victory. JT scored, and I was full of hope, only to be completely deflated two minutes later, and that did it for me. My reasoning was very simple. If we can't beat Arsenal, how on earth can we win the league? The answer to that question solved my conundrum, and with that realisation, I came to the conclusion that there was no point. I could no longer get excited for a bland 1-0 home win against Bolton Wanderers, and that was the end of my season ticket. One other thing I absolutely loved about the show was mention of the Spartan South Midland Football League. I used to be on their panel of referees and ran the line in the Premier Division and was in the middle uh, was in the middle for first and second division games, although I think uh, the last game I did was in about 2012. I'm sure I've been to Biggleswade too, but in all honesty, all those very lower league grounds look the same. I'm sure there's a joke in there with a musical connection. I've been to Biggleswade, but I've never been to me. Uh, anyway, I'm pleased I wasn't the only one who got pissed off because then, as now, we can't beat Arsenal. And so I think it's important to know that you're not alone. Keep up the excellent work. If it wasn't for the time difference, I would listen live to many more shows. Up the Chels, Matthew, Carefree and the UAE, Dubai. Matthew, great to hear from you. I will. You, you've sent me another email too, which I, I will try and respond to when I get time. You make some interesting points and I'll try and get back to you. But... I mean, Matthew shares my pain about the Arsenal experience. I mean, I think I said to you, I was actually in tears after that game. I was just so frustrated of not beating those fuckers from North London. I couldn't take it anymore. But I but I, I then went and got a season ticket the next year, even having lost to them in the FA Cup final, JK. Cause, but, but not because of the football, because I just did, I was enjoying the crack so much. I'd never had that as a kid. No, no, no. So, in fact, you were spurred on by the defeat. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's never really always been about the football for me. I mean, I love it. I mean, Darren can attest to that about how excitable I was during the game uh, yesterday. I love mm-hmm. it. You can't beat that rush of of, of Reece James scoring, for example, Dazza. It was just brilliant, wasn't it? You can't beat that. Yeah, rush. absolutely. You can't beat no, that. Fully agree. Fully agree. Um, I agree with him about Ranieri as well, though. He was an awful manager. Um, whatever he did at Leicester was a one-off. It was. Never going to be something he could ever repeat. I'm not surprised he didn't last too long at Watford. Um, or Fulham. He, or Fulham, yeah. Or probably many other teams. Or that Greek team. Time. But um, yeah, I, I still think that was good though when he did take his top four in the last day of the season against Liverpool at home. Um, I can't really take it away from him. But yeah, he, I never thought he was a good manager though. 
Uh, we would never have won the title under him, even with all no. that money that came in. No, I agree as well. And I did feel a bit sorry for him when they sacked him after a season, but clearly it was always going to be the right thing to have done. Well, in his in his autobiography, he says that the reason that he he gambled in the Monaco first leg was because he'd heard that they were interviewing Mourinho and he wanted to prove himself. And so that's why he tried to win the, the tie. And, uh, um, you know, Mark, I've just found the very fact that he could keep Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank on the bench. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank is one of the great strikers. Mm -hmm. Quite absolutely phenomenal talent. The fact that he would not play him was just absolutely stupid. It was. Indeed, very stupid. And I would say that that's one accusation you could never level at this show, although many have tried. Um, but sadly, that is all we've got time for tonight. God, it's gone whizzed past tonight. Uh, JK and me will be back with Mark Meehan, the legend that is Mark Meehan, and Liam Toomey from The Athletic, providing I actually phone Liam up and ask him if he'll come on, because I haven't yet, but uh, hopefully he will. Uh, that's this Friday for the uh, preview, Chelsea Fancast preview show. Um, we'll be previewing the match away to Dirty Leeds on Sunday. Dirty Leeds. Dirty Leeds. Uh, come with thy father's gun to shoot yeah. the Chelsea scum. Aye. <laughs> with a word as original in the side of our mouth. As using his bullets, possibly. Who knows? Fucking idiots up there. Uh, anyway, so yeah, Dirty Leeds on Sunday. That's a biggie. Um, I can tell you now, exclusively, that we're going to have Marco Worrell on the show next Monday because he's swapped with the lovely Alex. That I do know. But uh, before that, me, JK, Mark Meehan, Liam Toomey on the Friday Night Preview Show. Uh, you can get this show and Dean's Went to Mo King's Meadow and all the other shows we do, 50 Years of Chelsea, My Chelsea's with all sorts of very interesting people. Uh, as podcasts on ChelseaFanCast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud and Spotify, as well as, as, well as all sorts of other podcast distributors. Um, you may have heard me refer to the Patreon site that we have, where we don't sell anti-wrinkle or antidepressants, but we do allow you to have a Kerry Dixon, min it's like a mini banner. You know, you heard me talking about the banner we've got at the uh, Matthew Harding end. We have mini versions of those. They're about, I don't know, about 20 inches long or something anyway so they're lovely they're really really nice piece there's just a nice thing to collect really and have you get one of those if you sign up to patreon and of course you immediately become a member of our discord group which is hilarious and populated by very fine people uh, and also of course you can come and join the prem predictions league although you're leaving it a bit late because you're going to be well behind if you do but you're welcome to join it nevertheless uh, so there you go. Uh, to, 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 by the way, there are no tiers. You know, we don't say you pay five quid a month for this tier, ten quid a month for the next tier. None of that rubbish. Basically, you pay whatever you want, as little or as much as you want, and everybody gets the same. It's very, very communist in my outlook. It's very Marxist, my Patreon site. It's not, it's not uh, hierarchied, if there is such a word. Uh, we just love you to come along if you if you want to say thank you and, and help us keep the show going, really. So there you go. Ch it's uh, www.patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There you go. I thank you. Uh, and, of course, emails. My God, we've got some cracking emails this week. So we love getting those. Send them to ChelseaFanCast at gmail.com. Get them in by the end of the day, Sunday, if possible. Uh, and, of course, you can also do it via Patreon or Instagram or just send us a tweet or a Facebook message and uh, we will read them out on the show. There you go. Uh, you can follow the show on all the social social medias. Wherever there's social media, we are there at ChelseaFanCast. I'm at Stanford Chidge. Jonathan is at Jonathan Kidd. Darren, do you have a social media presence? Are you a social media influencer, perhaps? No, I still have at Darren Mansell, but mm. I never tweet on it. I think I maybe retweeted one thing 
in the last year or two, but no, I do not have a social media presence. So there we days. go. If you want to get in touch with Darren, it's at Darren Mantle and he will ignore you. Yes. There you go. That's, exactly. that's about the size of it, isn't it? There you go. I don't blame you, Darren. I wish I could get away with Actually, I do do that quite a lot, so I don't know why I'm sitting there saying I never do that because I do, I'm afraid. By the way, actually, loads of people were very beautiful and wish me happy birthday on Facebook and uh, on Twitter. And I'm, because I got taken away by my wife for the whole weekend and was rendered drunk for most of it, I, I've not replied to people individually, and I feel a bit, bit bad about that, uh, you know, because I normally do. But uh, I was very touched and humbled, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart for being so lovely. So thank you for everybody who did that. There we go. Um, Darren, what can I say, mate? It's, it's like you've never been away. It's been beautiful tonight. I've so enjoyed having you back on the show, mate. I've really enjoyed being back on the show. It's um, great being back in with a pair of you. So thank you for uh, having me back, Chidge. No worries. We'll get you back on in about seven years, all right? Yeah, thank you. Okay. <laughs> uh, great to see you, mate. No doubt I'll see you uh, at a game very soon. Possibly yes, Leicester hopefully. Game. Yeah. yeah, if not Leicester, then Liverpool. But yeah, yeah hopefully definitely. one or other. Yeah, wander over if there's a space for you. You're welcome Will anytime. Be. So good thank to see you. you, mate. You take care. Uh, Mr. Kide, what a fucking great show tonight, I have to say. It's been brilliant great when the team play brilliantly isn't it as yeah. well it's great mm-hmm. makes a big makes a bit although people say that we're better when we lose for some reason i don't know why we get more cross we're a bit more a bit crosser a bit bitter a bit mm. more ranty a bit but, sour uh, yeah yeah, yeah. And sour seems to work though doesn't it that's yeah. the trouble yeah. we are sweet sour. and sour we're I mean, like a chinese we are, restaurant we are indeed yeah. we are we're this... like a we're like a a, a soup a soup we're like a, a like gazpacho yeah no, I think we're using the Chinese. What would it be? It would be. I don't know. Monton. A, a shark fin Monton. soup. Monton soup. Yeah. We've got bulls in our soup. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we're a minestrone soup. I don't know. Whatever. No, well, we'll gonna... we, we will. We will think. No the... croutons. No, no croutons no, in the soup. No, no. No cretins in the soup, mate. Definitely not. Uh, we will think for the next week about what kind of a soup the Chelsea fancast is. But uh, Jonathan, it's been brilliant having you on the show as always. You loon. You 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 basically you goad me to be more silly than I would normally be. For that, I Sorry love about you. That. I'll be more. I'll be more serious. Sorry no, don't, that. don't. I love it. Never change. Never change, mate. I'll see you on Friday. I look forward to that and yeah. uh, we'll be back Friday as I said uh, you lot out there as always particularly the people in Mixler who are beyond brilliant uh, love seeing you in there but thank you for listening see you on Friday until then keep it blue keep it carefree and keep it chills It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.